What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new episode coming right at you. But real quick, you know what time it is. Time for a word from our sponsors. Those fine folks that bring you our episodes, bring you me, every fucking week. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the video versions of And Now We Drink. You want to see the madness in full HD? Go to www.anwd.net slash videos. Check them out. I'm getting them out as fast as I humanly can. They're 99 cents an episode or 6 bucks a month. You can stream everything. They're well worth the price of admission, drinking buddies. This week we are brought to you by our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club. The best damn record of the month club. In fact, every month Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. Each record is pressed exclusively for Vinyl Me Please and has features you can't get anywhere else. Things like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, and comes packaged with a 12 by 12 album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipe. Rad vinyl, rad art, new drinks, win, win, win. And Vinyl Me Please isn't like Record of the Month clubs of old. It's month to month, no strings attached, cancel anytime. So you want to check out Vinyl Me Please? Go to www.joinvmp.com slash anwd. Once again, that is www.joinvmp.com slash A-N-W-D. We are also brought to you this week by our friends at Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly mystery crate that delivers the best in geek and gaming gear. From collectibles, apparel, tech gadgets, art, and other epic gear, it's like Comic-Con in a box with no long lines, no having to camp out at Hall H. For less than 20 a month, you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, and unique one-of-a-kind items and more. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe to receive that month's crate. When the cutoff happens, that's it. Party's over. Go home. So sign up today at www.trylootcrate.com slash ANWD and enter the promo code BRIDGE10 to save 10% off a new subscription. And last but not least, we are brought to you by the OG sponsor, our homies at Laughable. Laughable is the number one comedy podcast app on iOS, soon to be the number one comedy podcast app on Google. So big changes are coming to Laughable. If you're not already a Laughable user and you're on iOS, they've implemented a new tier for two measly dollars a month. Two dollars. Less than the cost of a cup of Starbucks coffee. You get unlimited access to Laughable and they're going to be rolling out bonus features just for the paying tier. Google Play users, no changes coming yet. Go to Laughable. Listen to their podcast about it, or check out their blog with all the details. But in the meantime, download Laughable and find funny. This week, we have two returning guests. We have my homie, guest like number two, author Robert Dean is actually in-house in L.A. in studio. This was our second attempt at a podcast. We tried to do one both very sleep-deprived and it. Turned out horribly, so it's never being aired. And joining us also is a returning guest, Travis Keller from Buddyhead, American Primitive. You know the man. And we have a super fun episode that just goes all over the place from music to Buddyhead to butt plugs to, oh my god, it's just all over the place. It is a can't-miss episode. So sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy, Drinking Buddies.
<laughs> there we go. What's going on? We're gonna. This is take two with Robert Dean and Travis has joined us for the party. What's yeah, up? thanks for having me. Yeah, dude, we did this. I got here on Sunday and it was fucking awful. Like the two of us were doing the podcast and I had got a, I left Texas at I got up at four thirty in the morning to catch a seven a.m. three hour flight to L.A. Drank the whole way. Then we had Roscoe's chicken and waffles, so like a heavy meal, and I was just out of my fucking mind tired. And then we kept drinking. Yeah, we 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 had a couple of drinks and stuff like that. We did shots at Bukowski's grave, and sounds I like fe- a full day. Yeah, I felt like shit. And then we sat down and we just had no life. We were like, we started talking about fucking malaria and what kills people more: malaria versus cancer. That's kind of the direction that our uh, our podcast was going in, and we both were like. We should never release this to anybody. So, except you, on Patreon, it'll be on the Patreon whenever <laughs> I launch that. Yeah. Would you like to hear the worst depressing fucking podcast in the history of podcasts? Hey, it's up. It's all uphill from there, you know. Exactly. Like, thank you, patrons. Thank you for spending extra money every month. Here, have a horrible podcast. Yeah, you can just use it and be like, if I actually sell the TV show, you can be like, here's from the trip that when you came to L.A. You're selling the TV show. That's fine. Well, I mean, like I said, you can use that and be like, here's the infamous Lost Robert Dean episode. It's the one of the least infamous Lost episodes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say anything fucking scandalous or anything. Didn't just, punch me in the head? No, no. Did you ever hear that story? No. Name Redacted came over here. <laughs> I hooked him up with a dude whose uh, dad is very famous. Yeah. And he made a movie that was really good. And... I hook these guys up. Anytime I cross paths with somebody, I'm like, yo, my dude's in LA. You should do the podcast. And how many fucking guests have I gotten you at this point? Uh, enough that I should be giving you a producer credit? <laughs> a, lot. a lot. I fucking hooked you guys up. That's true. Yeah. And I just always do that, you know? And I hooked this dude up, and apparently he was a recovering alcoholic. And, and did not tell me that. Oh, nice. So, so you start coming over here and doing this. Next thing I know, fucking this guy who's halfway normal and wrote a good movie. So Sorry. he goes fucking ham, and then you take the story over. So what happened was, this uh, fine gentleman, while we're setting up the show that Robert hooked us up, was like, I don't really drink. My friends say I get a little mean when I drink. I'm like, ah, that's fine, man. I've had plenty of sober guests on. What do you want to do? He's like, can you do Red Bull? I'm like, yeah, no problem. Ripple's no problem. Buy some Red Bulls. I, of course, set booze up for myself. He walks in. He's like, you know, I am going to drink today. Like, cool, man. We start banging down shots of Elijah Craig before we get on air. And what should have been a red flag to me was he went to take a third one without me. Nice. In my mind, I just thought he didn't think I could keep up. (laughs) Like, pour me one, motherfucker. So we bang that down. We bang down a couple more. We get on air. We polish off the bottle of Elijah Craig in the first hour. He is now at a point where he is opening beer bottles with his teeth. That's awesome. <laughs> this story gets wild. Sounds like he's pretty fun when he's drunk. Sort of. He, I mean, he's telling some of the wildest stories that have ever been told on this podcast. I can't get into them because that might give away on who it is. Yeah. Like he's an L.A. dude. Like, his, he grew up in the hills. Like, he's from here. His dad's super famous. Yeah. We pause to take a break, piss. And he's like, hey, man, you're going to make me sound cool, right? Of course. 
good, because otherwise I'll kill you. And I just completely dismissive of it. Like, whatever you say, man. No, look at me. Look at you. I can kick your ass. Whatever you say, man. Wow, I got like that, huh? And then he stands up and punches me in the head. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. So I immediately establish risk control. And 10 seconds later, why the fuck are you grabbing my wrists? Like, has no clue what's going on. Wow. Like, because you just punched me in the head. You got to go. It's like, you're not invited back. <laughs> and he's like, but, but we got to finish the show. I'm like, no. We're, we're done. You punched me in the head. You got to go. Can I piss first? Sure. I didn't want to pee in my fucking hallways. So he goes to the bathroom. I go get a gun. I just put it in my waistband just in case. Because I, I don't know this dude. He has just gotten violent with me in my own home. Yeah, yeah. And if it escalates, I was going to shoot him. I'm not fighting him. He would have probably kicked my ass. He is much bigger than me. <laughs> and knows what he's doing. I start ferrying him towards the door. And he's like, dude, we got to finish the show. Like, no, it's over. It's done. Get out. Uh, uh, okay. He gets up, kicks the door three times on the way out. And I think I'll never see him again. Call Robert. He punched your fridge. Oh, yeah. He did punch my fridge. Did while he punch the uh, bathroom? Bath- too? Yeah, he put- I found that out later. There's a dent in the bathroom where he punched the bathroom. And there's a dent in the fridge for where he punched the fridge. <laughs> so I got hit in the head full... Tilt by someone who can put dent a fridge. Hollywood. <laughs> I call Robert just like, the fuck, man. <laughs> what the absolute fuck? And I tell him like the whole story. He's like, what, were you just going to shoot him in the leg? And I had to explain to Robert, like, that's not how things work in real life. If I had to shoot him, I was going to shoot him center mass and try to make him dead. Because when it's your word versus the corpses, it's rather easier to just tell your side of the story. I mean, I don't want to ever have to shoot anybody. But if that had escalated... The fun part of this story is, do you know what happened after he left Oh, here? I do. I was getting to that. But there was a lot of what the fucking to him. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it wasn't good. <laughs> On my end, I didn't find out what happened to him till later. But at 6 a.m. the next morning, my doorbell rang. And it's tied to my phone. I answer like, what? Hello? Hey, Matt, it's... Name redacted. Right. I'm downstairs. Do you know where I parked my car? Whoa. Like, no, man, I don't know where you parked your car. That's not my fucking problem. Did I not leave your place okay last night? No, man, you did not leave my place okay. You punched me in the fucking head. Oh, shit. I was told later on that he came to somewhere around 4 a.m. on Hollywood Boulevard cuddling with a homeless person. Whoa. Yeah, it's a rough night. He told me straight up. He was, like, texting me. And I think he texted me or he called me. I don't remember. And, uh... He was like, I blacked out. I went from fucking bar to bar to bar, and I got kicked out of every bar I was in. He's like, I fucking slept on a park bench last night. I was like, dude, your dad is a multi-millionaire. You slept on a fucking park bench? And, uh, yeah, he was like, I fucked up so bad. I, I just, and he like, then he went to go some fucking either Malibu or somewhere up in the, the hills and was like, I'm going to hide out there for the next like six months. And I think his wife left him. She uh, threatened to. She didn't actually end up leaving Oh, him. she didn't? But did, he had, the, did you put the podcast out? No. Otherwise, we would just be telling who it was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. We, he, we should have Brandon Brocato re-record that one. No, that would be great. That, see, there you go. That's, fuck yeah, that's what you should do. Because I would love to hear those stories. 
because he's like he grew up here. So was he's, it a good interview? Oh yeah, before, uh, he before it, yeah, it was. I mean, it was batshit crazy. Yeah, dude, he like hangs out with Mickey Rourke, and he would tell like wild fucking height of fame Mickey Rourke stories. Yeah, and like all kinds of wild shit, and like he grew up here, so he knows all like famous people and famous people kids. Yeah, and so you know that's a whole different world than what we operate in. And so he like told me a couple of those. I was like, Jesus, dude. He's like, Yeah, we would do all this fucking blow and have orgies and shit. And I was like, Holy fuck. And he would say some wild shit. And that would be funny to have Brandon do that one because that's the best. You ever heard that redacted episode he did? Mm-mm. Holy fuck. It's the best. He had somebody, I feel like I get to tell your stories. I, I know, it's weird. I know, but I like, I, it was so good. I tell people all the time, you have to listen to this one. Oh, I, I, I actually am going to tell it. Okay. You tell it. I had an adult performer on, you know, one of my standard adult performer interviews for the most part, except about an hour and 45 into it, she just turns to me and goes, so are you going to fuck me or what? <laughs> and I stopped the recorder. I'm like, are you doing a bit? Or are you serious? She's like, I'm serious. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's go. We're banging out. And then we get, I'm like, you know, we have to get back on there and still finish the podcast, right? <laughs> we finished the podcast. She talks in fairly graphic detail about the taste of my semen. Wow. And <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Two weeks go by, and four days after the episode's live, she texts me and goes, take it down. I sound like an idiot. And I try to be respectful of people, so I took it down. But I was also pretty perturbed by the complete lack of, like, appreciation that i was just willing to take it down like i have a production schedule i have advertisers i have listeners that expect an episode every week Mm -hmm. and for me to just jump back in and like bang another one out right fucking away without even a little hint of appreciation just rubbed me the wrong fucking way so i got the brilliant idea of transcribing the episode and having comedian brandon brocato re-record her parts that's awesome Brandon has a deeper voice than I do. Have you ever heard Brandon Bricado? I don't know who that is. Huh? He's fucking hilarious. Like, I've Comedian? heard him. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, you know, he's done this show. Yeah. And he's easily, like, the funniest dude who's ever been on here. And he's got this, like, real scratchy fucking voice. Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, wild as fuck looking, too. And he fucking did her parts. And it's like, and I sucked your dick. And it's like. <laughs> And he's like, are you just going to fuck me? It's hilarious hearing this dude do her bits, and she sounds like a fucking did you, dummy. Did you put it back up? Oh, yeah. That, uh, with Brandon re-recording it, we put it back up. It's episode 85, redacted. Nice. It's fucking hilarious, because this dude is like, are we going to go fuck? And he's like starts talking, because the, the answers that he gives, <laughs> she's a dummy. So that's what makes it even funnier, yeah. is like her being serious. And then you hear him being like, no, but I would suck your dick. And it's like so jarring and weird it's fucking hilarious especially because i just mixed it in with my original part oh nice he just read the lines and cut it in <laughs> yeah yep. that's right it's a good idea it was fucking hilarious i mean making that he was trashed by the end of it like him recording that part we probably drank as much as we normally do on this show so by the end of it he was just slurring and yeah, that's a good one. So now we're going down the Hall of Fame of, and now we drink episodes. It's a lot, lot to live up to. Hey, you're, you're both returning guests, so. Yeah, the uh, 
Those are two good ones. You should definitely do a redacted again on, with uh, name redacted. That would be a good one. Because like I said, he tells like wild fucking less than zero style Hollywood stories. Did you record when he punched you in the head? No, sadly, that was off mic. Dang. And pre-cameras, because it would have been great if it was on a four-camera shoot, get bop. Right. Yeah, like me trying to talk through it. See, I feel better now for the at-home listeners. I was having slight panic issues because I'm high-functioning anxiety. Pulled and through. It, yeah, it fucking sucks, dude. Like, anxiety ruins your life. Yeah. So does depression. And it's, I don't like... I'm glad we're getting better, like talking about it societally, because like we have, you know, people have mental health problems and it's kind of a huge thing with the world. And so like, I believe in being open and transparent about it instead of being like a tough guy and like pushing it down. Yeah. At least let the people know around you what the fuck is going on. You know, if I was just sitting here a shaking mess, you'd be like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? Is he seizing? And it's like being open on it. It actually helps you get through the process. I also enjoy the fact that the story of me getting punched in the head is making you feel better. Yeah, no, I, it took my mind off it, which is nice. Because <laughs> he really probably wanted to punch me in the head last night, so. Oh, God. <laughs> Would you, are we going to talk oh, about yeah. it? Yeah, oh, yeah. So last night, this is my first trip to L.A. I've never been here before. I've been to San Francisco a lot. And I, it just it eluded me to get out here. And, you know, one of my best friends is here, and I wanted to come out. And uh, some stuff, like professionally that we'll get into later and home wise we uh it was that right opportunity my birthday was two weeks ago and he's like yo i got a plane ticket you're gonna come out to la and i was like great so we've been hitting some sites you know doing shit and uh so we've been to like a couple of things and last night was our like drinking night it was the one night we actually went out did we go out yes we went out we went to frolic room which i loved that fucking bar that was cool uh, where did we go? We went to the Frolic Room, Lost Property, which was a nice whiskey bar. The fucking bartender was a saint. He was a really nice guy. Excuse me. He was great. Uh, for like a high price whiskey closet, I guess you'd call it. He was fucking dope. And um, we did that. There's that it thing across the street. And I was like, fuck. And he's like, the, the security guard's like, if you want to get in, dude, just go buy a fucking IMAX ticket and I'll get you in. I was like, that's it. He goes, yeah, all these people are standing in line. If they just went and bought a fucking IMAX ticket, they could go right in. I'm like, shit, I'm going to go buy it. What was it, like the It premiere? Dude, there's a whole fucking carnival at, uh, like, downtown or whatever. Hollywood and Vine. Oh, really? There's a literal fucking carnival with huge Pennywise heads and shit. Really? Yeah, I want to try to get in there today. And uh, so um, we did that, and then we went over to Elbow Room, which was okay. It was good, like decent, you know, shitty bar pizza. It was ten bucks, which in this town is a fucking incredible. Yeah, ten bucks for a twenty inch pie. It's not shitty pizza. No. It was just it was just food, you know? It wasn't great pizza, it wasn't bad pizza, it's just food. Yeah. And we went there, turned it up, and then we went to the Monty, which was nice. I really liked that. The bartender was a doll. Um Gold Country Night and my hillbilly ass was up in that fucking booty like you don't even know. I was fucking like playing I was like, You got George Strait Amarillo by morning? He's like, Fuck yeah, I do, brother. And like that, the DJ sat next to me and was like, let's talk about country music. I was like, I'm here for this all fucking day, guy. <laughs> That's cool. I, fucking, yeah. I got Hank Williams tattooed on my wrist. And he gave me a good layup. He's like, when this comes on, go dance with the bartender. Yeah. And guess what? Like, I straight up like gave her a quick turl and I just turned her right over to Matt. And I was like, you dance with her this fucking song. And what worked out? She was like, no one ever dances with me. I live in Texas, dude. It's a good I, wingman. 
Yeah. I live in Texas. I know how to. I know how all that shit works. And I'm a weird wing man. Like all night, I was just like, if you want to fuck her, fuck her. I'm like, no, I'm an emotional wreck. I would never do that. And, uh, but he's just like, yeah, who doesn't do that? We went to Jumbo's, which was interesting. Jumbo, yeah. I guess everyone's like, you got to go to Jumbo's. Yeah. And it was interesting. I had more fun talking to Nadia, who used to play the bass in Coal Chamber. It's a, it's a landmark. Yeah. It was just, I didn't even pay attention to the strippers. Courtney Love stripped there. Oh, is that where she did? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that's where she stripped. I didn't really pay attention to the girls. I was too busy talking about like wanting to hear rock and roll stories. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't remember I, walking into Jumbo's is the last thing I really remember. And we went to some other place and it sucked. It was really loud. And we walked home. So the fun part is we walk home. This motherfucker is so drunk. Like, had I had some drinks? Yes, but I was totally functional. Like, could I have passed a sobriety test? I might I'm I'm a pretty good drunk driver. I've just learned how to be a good one over the years. I could have probably fucking, you know, figured it out. Walking home, no. No, no. The human pinball over here. I'm trying to hold him up as he's walking, but he's not exactly a fucking small guy. Yeah. And he's fucking trying to arm bar me and like choke me out. I was like, stop trying to put me in the fucking clinch, dude. I didn't even know what a fucking clinch was till I was watching him play UFC fighting games all day. What is, and what is the clinch? Oh, did I try to get you like in a plum? Like, dude, you kept fucking doing every like arm thing over the head to me, and I was like, "Yo, I'm literally keeping you standing." Would he have made it home without you? Fuck no. Fuck yeah, no. I would have. Blackout Matt knows what he's doing. He would have crawled yeah, home. Would have made it home. Not in the best shape, but I would have made it. So fucking, we get down the street, and like, he's like giving me a speech on uh, how the night's going, and then. He fucking falls into a wooden planter, like falls into it, knocking it over. I was like, yo. Then we like walk past two cops just walking down the street, you know? Yeah. And they're in their like orange vests and stuff. And then he fucking just throws the traffic cone. And I was like, yo, dude, what are you doing? And uh, white privilege didn't let, they didn't give a fuck. They were like, deal with that yourself, my guy. And I was fucking walking him down the street, getting arm choked. I was like, stop fucking choking me. I'm trying to hold you up. And we get back here, and he fucking ding, 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 all the way into the walls trying to get over here. I'm, I'm, he throws his hat and his glasses and all of his shit on the counter. I've, like, steered him around from hitting the fucking alcohol cart. That's very important of you. Yeah, because it was fucking glass and alcohol. It would have been a nightmare. Well, that's the most valuable thing in the apartment. Yeah. Um, well, you do have some interesting porn books. Then we, like, get into the hallway there. He starts stripping fucking clothes. He goes into his bed. He's like, it's so fucking hot in here. He goes there, and then he makes it to the bathroom, barfs like a fucking madman in the bathroom. Like, I didn't know, if, like, the human could hold that much. Like, I've thrown up, man. I'm, I'm a piece of shit who has gone out hard yeah. a lot. There's I used to live though. in New Orleans. He just, <laughs> like, a lot. And then I'm like, okay. Sometimes you got to do it, you know? Yeah, dude. You got to do it. You got to do it. Then I fucking. Well, I'm a professional. It was all in the toilet. Yeah, he got it all in the toilet. That's all that matters. This morning, exactly. I, hit, I hit that blue shit, and I was like, yo, we can't be having people come over here, and it looks like fucking Someone Freddy Krueger's fucking <laughs> neck up in here. Yeah. And he takes his clothes off, and he's like, it's so fucking hot. And he started laying in the hallway, and I was like, yo, I kicked the air down to like 52. I slept in a hoodie last night because it was so fucking cold. You know when you're drunk and it's all hot? Yeah. Then he made it to the bathroom, and I was like, I can't just leave him like this. So I got him his blanket and his pillow. And set him up on the floor, and I took all of his shit and put it in a pile. Because the next day, you're like, where's my life? 
And then you do that thing where you look at your phone and see who you've texted or Instagram messaged. And you're like, nobody. I texted nobody. That's cool. Nice. Like the only person I texted was the bartender at Monty, but that before midnight. Yeah. So I, and it was a coherent, like, hey, thanks for taking care of my guy. Um, podcast tomorrow. That's it. It wasn't like, I want to see your tits. Could have been a lot worse. Oh, I've definitely sent a lot worse. Yeah, it was. It was I've pretty... de- definitely sent some play-by-play tweets of me being drunk before. Yeah, it was a. Uh, we made it through, but he like eventually made it in uh, his room, and I look in because his alarm was going off in his pants, and I turned it off and stuck his thing in there, and I looked in because I got up early to work, and I'm like, okay, I see him moving. So he's, he's alive in there, and it was just this dark cave of you just hear. <laughs> I was like, okay, he's not dead. And then I left. I heard I you coming into my room did wake me up and like my first thought was gun. And then I were like, oh, people are here. Never mind. Back to sleep. Yeah, I was like, Jesus. <laughs> it's a good friend though. Looking was, out for you. Oh, and I was so confused. Like one because I wake up on the bathroom floor under a blanket and a pillow, and my first thought is like, how'd I get in bed? And then realized I wasn't in bed. <laughs> I was so confused. Like Wait, 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 why is my pillow with the blanket on the bathroom floor? Did I do this? No, you did not. You would have just been laying there in a fucking human puddle. Yeah, no, I've done that plenty of times. That's why I was really confused <laughs> by the blanket and the pillow. Like, I've never done this before. This is way too organized for me. So that was our night last night. Welcome to LA. Yeah, LA is in, it's interesting. Well, it's, this something similar happened when we drank in Austin that one time and came yeah. and visited too, you too. That night I got blotto as well. Yeah, that's what happens when we hang out together. Yeah, coming from Austin, LA is super intense to me. And some people are like, this is less intense than fucking New York is. And like New York is super intense, but like I, I operate on Austin levels. And so like to me, I was like, Jesus. It's like lots of like industry meat grindery people and conversations. Like I was sitting at a, a coffee shop doing work earlier. I felt like the asshole writing because there's a bunch of other assholes writing. Yeah. And there was like a bunch of like studio people talking shop and like shots and all that. And I'm like, this is just not for me. Like, I mean, you're also like right in the middle of Hollywood too, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I know there's like 50 other cities, you know, that are LA that are surrounding us. Yeah. There's I different mean, flavors. That's sure. what everybody says. They're like, you just got to come here and find your neighborhood. Like, in my neighborhood, you wouldn't even hear anyone speak in English. See, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I guess, um, whenever I come back, I would like to see more yeah, of things like, like that. There's, like, so many different, you know, Pasadena. It's all different flavors, you know? You don't have to be stuck in my horrible-ass Hollywood. Yeah, I, like, I think everybody, because I'm and a hit- I can talk shit because I lived here for a long-ass time. So. Oh, you, you definitely can. You know, I did time here. When uh, You still DJ a block from here. That's true. I still do time here. Um, everyone tells me like, no, you'd really like Silver Lake because I'm a hipster piece of shit. Yeah, and so everyone's like, you'd you'd like Silver Lake. I'm like, okay, I don't really know because I haven't gone over there and I don't have the time now. Yeah, it's cool. Maybe like 20 years ago. Yeah, it's kind of like moved further east now. That's cool. Like, I mean, I've gone through that. Like, when living in Chicago, living in New Orleans, and now Austin, you kind of see the. I mean, it's great. You know, anything along Sunset Boulevard's cool. You know. But it's a lot of like nine dollar juices and stuff, you know. Over Dude, there. this place is fucking expensive compared to like pretty much anywhere else. Yeah, because like yeah, we got a hookup bar tab last night. It was seventy bucks. I was like, we didn't even drink that much. Like 
in Austin, that yeah. would have been like thirty dollars. Yeah, whenever you go out of LA, you realize how cheap booze is. <laughs> like beers, like tall boys for us, like a full fucking tall is two twenty five in Austin. Yeah, and like I, somebody was like, "Yeah, it's four fifty. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then it's like, "That's a good deal." And that's a good deal. That's that's like you just, could pay like eight bucks for that if you go to the Ace. Yeah, that's fucking just something wild like that, to know? me. I mean, like there's places that have expensive booze. You can get but, two dollar PBRs at the Cha Cha though. So, I've see, seen people paying quarters. So that's, you know, I'm about that. What's the cha-cha? Uh, it's like in Silver Lake. Yeah, it's in no, Silver Lake. Yeah. They play metal some nights. They got one in uh, Seattle, too. Oh, that's cool. Cha-cha Lounge. It's just like a dive bar. Yeah, it's a dive. They spin metal there sometimes. It's like members of bands work there. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I would like to just see more. And if I had had the money while I'm out here, I'm trying to, like, do it on a budget. Yeah, Do it to some, like, things in my life. And... uh if I'd have had the money, I would have went to fucking Disneyland. Yeah, right? He would have done that by himself. I'm not into it. I'm a hoe for Disney, man. I haven't been in a long time. I've been to Disney World seven times. Wow. I've never been to Disneyland. I've been a bunch. It's been a while, though. I've been a couple times. Not into it. Yeah, I'm not crazy about it. I mean, I'll go. If it, you know. There's those people, though. Like, you know, It's like I, I've just kind of learned about being into that. There's people who love the shit. That like love Disney culture, and then there's everybody else who's just like, yeah, fuck it, it's just a theme park, whatever. I'll go if you want to go. Yeah, yeah, but it's not even like a Six Flags park. It doesn't even have all that many thrill rides. Yeah, see, I'm not there for the thrill rides. I like the pure escapism of it. I wrote a whole thing on it at like two years, two three years ago. The culture of escapism. Yeah, and like you go there, you don't see fucking signs for Pepsi. You see like Mickey Mouse pop and yeah. shit like that. And I think you're paying for the idea of experiential avoidance of what's around you and i think that's nice like you don't worry about what the fuck is happening with politics you're worried about fucking meat and cinderella or like where to buy a beer yeah i mean like you you leave politics and you leave everything can you buy beer there now yeah you can can. at least in disney world disneyland you can only buy it in california adventure i thought they changed it no no it's still no beer in disneyland that's yeah and there's a you can't buy it i don't know if you can buy it in the magic kingdom what Doesn't kind of magic bullshit magic is that? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, I always like the story like that. Uh, Marilyn Manson used to go to Disney World and they would just go on a bunch of mushrooms and acid and shit one time. They would do that. And he's like, yeah, right before when, when they recorded, uh, when they were recording Portrait of an American Family, they did it in the house, the, like the Manson house, the one up that Sharon Tate was killed in. That's where they recorded that record. And uh, he's like, yeah, two days before that, we did a bunch of acid and went to Disneyland. That's cool. I was like, that's the most rock and roll shit ever. I got a good Sharon Tate story. I want to hear when it. When we were on tour with uh, Nine Inch Nails, Trent tried to give us the uh, the door that they painted Pig on. Because you know, recorded, He recorded there, too. Yeah. You know? And then when they left, they like because they were going to demolish the house, they like took the door off the handles. And he had it like in storage. And it's not a very good end of the story because I said no. So Why? I, was like, I, don't, I just thought it was like bad mojo. But Dude. looking back, like I should have fucking said yes and just... Sold that shit, yeah, dude. I would right, <laughs> you would have had your rent paid. This yeah, month. but I guess he has it like wherever they have all the like props from old tours and shit. He's got like a storage space in the valley, and he's got that shit. Yeah, I would have fucking taken that shit. I mean, it was were they cool dudes? I remember like what was it the Icarus line that went out, or was it uh? Uh, well, no. Uh, the guitar player from the Icarus line ended up playing guitar for them for three years. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. So uh, he was like hired gun guy for for like three years, I guess. Yeah, I totally remember that. 2005 to like 2007. Yeah. Ish. Was like the whole Nine Inch Nails crew cool? Yeah, nice guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone was like pretty much sober when, you know, 
when the, I was around. I was always, I'm always curious about that because Trent's one of those guys with like mythos around him. Like there's a there's a level mm. of there's a level of obsession that like Nine Inch Nails fans have. It's oh, like yeah. Tool. Tool people are fucking obsessed with Tool, and like oh yeah, they yeah, they, they put Trent and they put like Maynard on these weird pe- pedestals oh, yeah. that like the amount of fanboy is just it's like I I'm not a fanboy of anything like they are. It's like well if it's fucking Trent. Yeah, like no, they love everything. Yeah, that he like he can't do anything. It's it's wild. You know, there's kids. I wish I would have done a documentary on this, but there was kids that would come to every show they played for three years. Meaning, like, you know, all the U.S. dates, all the Europe dates, the dates they played in like <clears throat> Russia, like all of them. They would like fly to all of them, and they would follow them like the Grateful Dead. Really, and it wasn't just like a couple of them. It was like a bunch of them. Wow, that's yeah. fucking nuts. How do you afford that? Trust funds. Uh, these kids, the, there's two girls that I'm thinking of, and th- one of their moms, they were like a lesbian couple, mm-hmm. and one of their moms had left her like all these like apartments in Paris, so they were like landlords, and they would just like work on those and then follow Nine Inch Nails on tour. Jesus, must be nice. Exactly. That's yeah. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Like, God damn. I mean, we're all sitting here struggling to fucking make a ends meet, and right, you got people in, with Parisian fucking apartments going on Nine Inch Nails vacations. Must be nice. <laughs> one day, one day I will leave my illegitimate offspring Parisian apartments. Seriously. It's a good goal. It's the only goal I have at the moment. Yeah, I think about that because when I lived in New Orleans, people were really, because I used to live right near where nothing was, was based. Oh, yeah. It was right on Magazine Street, and everyone was like, dude, that's where nothing was. And a friend of mine's actually got the leather couch that used to be in there. Oh, wow. And like the best Nine Inch Nail shit was recorded in New Orleans because that's like, he did the downward spiral there. He did fucking broke in there he did all yeah. the like the darkest shit came from i think he even did the fragile there and all the darkest shit was recorded there and i mean that city will easily imprint itself on you in that kind of way yeah like new orleans it's cool i want to go back soon yeah i need to get back i'll probably go back in the next couple of months because i haven't been back in ugh, like almost four years it's been that long for me too yeah, it's it's been a minute, and it sucks because like I was just talking to friends today, and they were like, well, "When are you coming back? We haven't seen you in so long." I was like, "You know, you could just come to Austin." That's what he tells me all the time too. You can just come to Austin. Well, like, I can just pick my shit up and go to Austin. It's you made it happen pretty easily for me to go <laughs> come here. Yeah, that doesn't involve me not working. Sure, that's kind of their thing as they're bartenders, and they're like, "Look, when I don't work, I don't get paid." Yeah, you have like, and I work like you can work from wherever, and I've been working the whole time I'm here. Yep, when I'm not arm barring him, he's working. Yeah, arm barring <laughs> me walking down the fucking street could have been a lot worse. Yeah, because your fucking big ass was like choking me out, and I was like, "Stop! I'm trying to fucking just help you." Sounds like most of my relationships. I mean, most, usually it's more figuratively than literally. I'm sure. A good way to describe everyone's miserable fucking lives. <laughs> Speaking of which, Travis, how's the love life? Uh, solid, I guess. You know, I got a girlfriend in three years, three-ish years. Nice, like yeah. nice. I don't think I talked about that at all when you and Joe were on. I don't think got into any of that stuff. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't either. I drink a lot. <laughs> it's not like I go back and listen to past episodes. Like, what did we talk about last time? <laughs> can we can we refresh what we talked about? Yeah, where do we leave off? Oh, oh fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I was just trying to be funny. I know. I, <laughs> I was running with the bit. 
Yeah, that was a good. I remember that. I listened to that episode. That was a good one. I was really. I was hoping uh, you guys were going to talk about Buddyhead. Do you like? Do you still like talking about all that? Or yeah, I'll talk about it. Yeah, I mean, part I was, of my life, huh? Part of my life, big I, part. I loved that shit. I mean, his Twitter's still at Buddyhead. Yeah, I fucking love that shit. Still Dude, selling I, shirts. I fucking <laughs> the, the gun shirt. Selling the gun shirt. Selling a few of them. Homophobia is gay. Yeah, fucking. I loved that fucking site. I read that shit every day. I still say fucking huffing dongs. I still say that shit. I'll be like, yeah, I'm out there huffing dongs. And people think like, what? Yeah, we had some good taglines. You guys had the fucking best taglines. Because what years was like the height of Buddyhead? Uh, started in 1998 and kind of got popping like 2000, 2001. And then like 2003, four. And then 2005, I went on tour with Nine Inch Nails and didn't update it for... I did it once a year for three years. Yeah. And that's, like, when, you know, like, the dudes in Pitchfork bought houses and shit. I, like, was like, I'm taking a break. Yeah. You know? Do you ever look back on it and, like, wish you would have changed how you kind of your business model was with it? Or is it just kind of like it was a fun thing for a minute? Nah, it was cool. I mean, it's, it's still cool, you know? It's, like, um, super proud of it. I don't think we could have done it much better, really, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, I look back on it and have good memories, you know? It's cool. Yeah, did you guys even do hand, hand claps on a record? Uh, I did hand claps on a Jimmy Eat World record. Yeah, yeah I yeah. remember that. He yeah. was like, check out my gold record from doing fucking hand claps. <laughs> yeah, I got I sold it on eBay. I got I got in trouble for that. Yeah. You know? But I was like, what am I going to do with it, you know? Like, am I going to put it in my bathroom, you know? It's like... The fucking bathroom. You you. Oh, I, I don't know if I've ever told you about this fucking people in this town have shrines to themselves in their fucking bathrooms yeah i've heard that everywhere have what shrines to themselves in their bathrooms like the gold record shrines okay sorry know about that too like yeah fucking i mean that's usually where they put gold records you know yeah like bathroom it's a shrine it's like just a shrine of their narcissism and i've been in enough celebrity homes at this point where like i don't think i'm egotistical enough to make it in entertainment i would never build a shrine to myself anywhere I guess, but like, isn't it the question I have? Because I've always thought about that when I hear like people put their shit in their bathroom. It's like, what else do you really do with it? Some people just don't want to look like they're egotistical and put it around their house. Like me, if I ever want anything, I would just give it to my mom. Yeah, I don't give a shit about like you know. The only get fucking award I care about is the Bank of America award. Pay me, motherfucker. Guillermo del Toro has clipping like newspaper clippings framed from the nineties in his bathroom. Yeah, it's weird to me. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's weird because it's like, where do you put it? If you're proud of it, you know, some people just don't want to put it on Front Street and be like, yo, check out all my shit that I did. And it's like the bathroom is like one kind of space unless you like come into the closet. Well, but it's still stare at my accomplishments while you touch your dick. I mean, wow, you really had to take it there, huh? I did. (laughs) You've been on the show, you know. (laughs) Just when you're wiping your ass, you mortal, you never have the success I do. Yeah. Right? Look at yourself as you wipe your ass in my gold record. <laughs> you see it's shinier reflection. than a mirror. You see your reflection, you piece of shit. <laughs> I bet you like that, don't you? You're never going to be as successful as I am. Nowhere near. When I hold my dick, I make gold fucking records. I don't even have to hold my dick to make gold records. They just happen. Hands free, man. It's gold. Apparently. When I put my, when I put my pants on, one leg at a time, except when I do it, I make gold records. Never going to be that successful. Yeah. Never. 
I'm just hoping for acceptable mediocrity at this point. I'm not even hoping for that. Gutter Phenomenon. That's the new name of the podcast. Welcome to Gutter Phenomenon. (laughs) It's a good name. (laughs) It's a really good name. It's a good name. I stole that from every time I die. Oh, god damn it. All right, you just ruined it. Right? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, fuck. Who cares? They have a record. I think the record's called Gutter, Gutter Phenomenon. Even if it fucking bangs, so it's not like it's a shitty place to steal it. I stole my fucking TV show name from uh, the first Minor Threat record, so whatever. I'm not. It's the third studio album by Every Time I Die. And it's a good one. I mean, it's not a podcast, dude. It's a fair game. It is. Yeah, <laughs> podcasting, whatever. There's multiple shows with the same fucking name. There's multiple and now we drinks? No, not this show. No. Oh. I was going to say. But take them out. I was gonna say, fucking put a hit on him. It's like, who are these dudes? No, but there is, yeah. And this is why we drink. Yeah. Which is a true crime murder podcast. And then David Cross has a book called I Drink for a Reason. Yeah, but that's not as easily mistaken. Yeah. I could see that. And there's multiple blow the whistles. Oh, I'm sure. That's, you know, that's a pretty common name and it's cool. Let's blow the whistle on this. Sipping the tea or whatever the fuck the kids say now. Well, the other blow the whistle that isn't too short is a sports podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That makes sense. Referees and all. Yeah, it makes sense. But Why is his called Blow the Whistle? Uh, one of his big hits. It's like the song. Like, if you heard it, you'd go, oh, that. Too short? Yeah. What, like late era? Uh, mm, it's probably like 2000. Yeah, Blow the Whistle is like easy. Yeah, that's later. Yeah, it's been around since the 80s. Yeah, it's easily his biggest song. If you heard it, you'd be like, oh, snap, that song? Yeah. Hmm. It's definitely, you know. 2006. Is it 2006? Oh, yeah, I don't know that era. Yeah, if you, but you trust me, you've heard it. Like, I like I would, too short, though. I, when I used to DJ, I'd put that shit on in like, the middle of, you could be the hardest fucking crowd in New Orleans. You put that shit and everyone's like, goes fucking off to that. That's the one. Yeah, that's easily... That's usually his, his biggest hit. Fuck yeah. Everybody knows that song, no matter where you live. It probably paid for his big-ass studio. I'm sure it did. And the fact that he fucking has 60 bazillion records. That dude puts out like an album a year, right? <laughs> Maybe. He's got a lot. <laughs> He's got a lot for sure. Is that a Necronomicon ring? No. It looks like the Necronomicon. It's just a ring, man. Well, it looks like the cover for the Necronomicon from Evil Dead. I wish it was. That would be much cooler. Yeah, that's what it kind of looks like to me. But whatever. <laughs> I know you're a big Guns N' Roses dude. Did you go to any of those reunion shows? Uh, I did, actually. I was, uh, I was in Tahoe. I guess it was two, three years ago. Whenever those shows were. Mm-hmm. When was that, 2016? I think so. Yeah, I was in Tahoe for the summer, and Joe called me, and he was like, can you get to L.A. by tomorrow? And I was like, maybe, like, there might be, like, it was, like, 11 p.m. And I looked at the Greyhound, and there was, like, one left, so I hurried. Got on the Greyhound, took a Greyhound to L.A., showed up two hours before. Joe picked me up, and we went to see GNR with, you know, whatever. What was it? What's that tour called? Uh, I don't know. I hate Guns N' Roses. Oh, there you go. I only ask because I know you're a huge Guns N' Roses. My brothers are. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was like ridiculous, and I laughed like 80% of the time because it was just so over the top, but they sounded good. They're still touring. They looked ridiculous, but they sounded good. Was Axel all fat? 
Yeah, and like wearing like weird like you know ripped up like four hundred Ed Hardy type jeans, you know, and like he'd come out with different shirts on like every other song. Like one time he came out, and it was all the bitches back, you know. Uh, and it was just like yes, you know, like <laughs> that's so bad. That yeah, I, awesome. The one time I saw GNR was New Year's, I think twenty twelve to twenty thirteen, at the fucking Hard Rock in Vegas. They were doing who was on guitar? Buckethead. Whoa. I saw him ninety nine with Buckethead New Year's. Yeah, at the Hard Rock in Vegas. It, it was terrible. It was horrible. It was like awful. They played all of Chinese Democracy. Yeah, front to back. Yeah, I, I saw them on that. The Chinese oh, Democracy. Oh, front to back. Whoa, that's a brutal show. <laughs> oh, it was over three hours long. I left at the three hour Fuck, mark, dude. It yeah, was over three hours of GNR. Buckethead did a nunchuck solo. <laughs> it was fucked, dude. It was fucked. I took my brothers, they were like 16, and somewhere like around, it was like 99, 2000, around there. Yeah. And uh, they were, my brothers are huge Guns N' Roses fans, like obsessive Guns So much so that when my uh, brother found out that his girlfriend was pregnant a couple of months ago, if it was a boy, his name was going to be Axel. Wow. Like, he's made me. <laughs> like a really big fan. He's, dude, these dudes are obsessive, diehard fucking Guns N' Roses fans. So is it, is it a girl? No, it's a boy. It's a girl. Her name uh, should still be called Axel. I can't remember what her it name. It should be at least her middle name. Yeah, right. I feel like Axel could be a girl. Yeah, it could be, and it's escaping me what her name is. Last night, still fogging my brain. I don't know my nieces. It'll come. Oh, she's me. born. No, no, she's not born yet. Oh, well, then yeah, dude, you're not. They can still name her Axel. Yeah, they still. There's still time. Um, you don't gotta learn her name till she's born, man. Yeah. No, right. you don't have to learn her name till she learns yours. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hey baby, um, but no, he's a one of them is so diehard that brother that uh, he was like, if there's anything you could do for me that I would really, really, really appreciate. I was like, what's that, dude? He goes, when you're in L.A., will you please go to the Rainbow and get me a T-shirt? And I was like, I promise you, I will get you a fucking T-shirt. So tonight I have to go to the Rainbow to get him a T-shirt because he's like, you should see it once, you know? Yeah, I mean, they got yeah, one fucking uh, yeah. Glass case. Yeah, I mean, I'm down to have go. You seen that? No, I've never been in there. They have like a. Have you seen that? I've of course. Seen, I've seen this. It's like statue. a new edition, is why I say that. You know, it's, it's, like, it's been there a couple of years now. Oh well, yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm like hanging out there all the time. You know. Every time I have a tourist friend in, they're like, "Let's go to the Rainbow," they and I'm like, like a "I don't want to." Gold. Yeah, I've seen I, the I pictures. Of it. I think it's oh, bronze. Yeah. Oh, bronze. All right. Yeah, I've seen the pictures of it, and I'm gonna take a picture at, with it. You know, I'll do all that stupid shit. I've done that I, before. I love fucking Motorhead. Who doesn't? And uh, I hate Motorhead. I was listening to Motorhead and you were driving your car yesterday. I mean, it's a very easy lie to disprove. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I promised him I would do it. And so, like, he's so hyped on He's like, you get my shirt. He's asked me twice if I got his shirt. And I was like, I will promise you if I can get a fucking shirt, I will get you a shirt. They probably have shirts, right? Oh, oh they definitely do. They'd be stupid not to. Frolic Room has shirts. Yeah, they do. I got one of those. Yeah, that part was cool. I really liked Frolic Room. I'm pretty sure Bronson Bar has shirts. No way. If they don't, they should. No, no way. We should design them. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) We should tell them they got new shirts. Just bring them in when you're DJing. Be like, I got a cut of this. Just leave them on the bar. It's the way to do it. Where's Bronson Bar at? Like right there. Oh, wow. Right. Is that the way? That way? Yeah. Yeah, You're pointing in the correct direction. Yeah. You DJ there at night? Yeah, like once a month, though. Yeah. But I used to DJ there like 15 years ago, so it's kind of a trip. That's yeah. cool. What yeah. do you what do you usually DJ? Uh for a while we did uh all DJ screw. 
<laughs> are you are you familiar dude it's i like, live in texas oh okay yeah there you go and so we did that but uh that lasted about i don't know i guess they let us do it like three or four times and then the last time we did it like no one showed up like no one uh not even like people from the bar you know like me and the bartenders <laughs> all night and they were like can you just play something on regular speed man <laughs> so now i just kind of play whatever they didn't fire me though yeah yeah kind of plays whatever sometimes he dicks with the speed of the song yeah, I mean, I'm allowed to play certain things on the wrong speed, you know, but just not like six hour blocks, you know? I don't, I can't, I don't like chopped and screwed shit. I love hip hop music. Yeah, it's great. But I love it. I, uh, I do not. There, there's some things I, I do like, like I like Mike Jones and I like all the, like, I love Southern hip hop. It's yeah. my favorite. But um, when they like, it gets super slow and you're like, yo. It's an acquired taste for sure. Yeah. Like you got to hear it a lot for you're like, I'm in. Yeah. Dude, you ever been to Houston? But like, uh, yeah, I like Houston a lot. Yeah, actually. that's where that shit's from. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that shit's dope though. Fucking, like, you ever seen? Uh, I mean, eventually you just like run out of shit to listen to. So it's like, what would that sound like? Half speed, you know? <laughs> I, you know? I think we should do half speed Motorhead. Dude, certain things sound really good. That's what's kind of fun about it too, you know? Figuring out what sounds good that slow. You know, I think Motorhead works. would sound horrible that slow but i think i want to hear it anyways dolly parton sounds great slowed yeah that if you ever hear like jolene slowed, yeah. it sounds way better it's like a, it's like anthony the johannes or whatever that band name did i say it wrong i just said it wrong no one probably knows no clue we're right over my fucking head you ever heard miley cyrus do jolene uh yeah, yeah. dude she's not bad kish I like miley cyrus. she's not she's not bad new song is kind of trash but i like the, the one from like five years ago uh we won't stop i vaguely know it i could sing it for you but floor is yours travis <laughs> but i'm not gonna oh I, I dig what she's about she's like for me she's like uh lady gaga i immensely respect what she's about and how she goes about her business and what she represents the people who love her it's just it's not for me like lady gaga both of them uh like, i like my Cyrus better than lady gaga i'm more of a madonna guy myself though honestly so what's your guys thoughts on billy eilish uh i mean it's not for me my girlfriend likes it i don't really give a fuck that was one of those cultural moments that like i put it on and everybody's like oh billy eilish is amazing and i put it on like i you know i'll tune in with the kids now and again and check out what's going on and i yeah. put it on i was like this is that moment when i realize i am 38 fucking years old because i do not get this at all i mean not really though that's not i mean there's shit new shit i like but that that is not for me you know for sure i gotta admit that the bad guy is fucking catchy as hell. I mean, it's not like I don't like it. Like, it's better than a lot of things. But, like, I ain't ever putting it on, you know? It's better. I mean, I, I get it. I, I Like I said, it's, it's, it's just... It's better than Little Pump. I'll tell you that. I don't even know what Little Pump oh, sounds dude, like. check it out, bro. It's the worst shit ever. I think, dude, mumble rap to me is fucking just... Oh, see, I love a lot of that stuff. But, like, I like the... There's, like, good stuff. And, like, the bad stuff is really bad. <laughs> like, it's like, like, check out Little Pump. That'll blow your mind. Yeah, I, I know he's a dude with face tattoos and shit. They all got they all have face tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah I know exactly out, who you're talking about. He'd be I the just, one like you'd have to point him out, like be the one that like doesn't have face tattoos for it to be unique. Come on. Yeah, it's just for me, like mumble rap is just not I'm like that old guy that Yeah. It's definitely uh it's definitely out there. But I mean, and that's what like our parents thought about punk rock, you know? It's like it's kinda like punk rock, you know, it's like it's hard to listen to. I I don't know, man. Which I is grew- exciting because it's like on the radio too. I grew up in a very different household. 
And so, and like, what my parents didn't give a fuck that I listened to punk. Like, my parents mm. are super cool. My mom's favorite band is Black Sabbath. Mm. So, like, when I got, like, my parents are super into music. Wow. And so, like, we grew up on Neil Young, the Allman Brothers, uh, Black Sabbath, Motorhead, wow, The Doors, all that shit. My parents were squares. Like, we got into that. So Mine when, too. I got, when I got into punk and metal, they didn't give a fuck because they were like, yeah, whatever. This is just. My parents' tape collection was Air Supply. Neil Diamond coming to America and like a Blondie greatest hits. Oh, wow. and Saturday Night Fever. My dad was into folk. He was a fucking old hippie. He was That's into way cooler than my parents. Folk's still pretty cool, dude. Yeah. Not my cup of tea. We like, I like some folk. I like folk music. Like well, that's folk. great for you guys. I fuck with Bob Dylan. Yeah. He's folk. Yeah. Bob Dylan's fine, but like there was shit. I don't, don't even know what the fuck it was. Peter I mean, Paul yeah, and Marion. Yeah, fuck that shit. Dude, that shit's a little okay. yeah I, I think that was in there yeah like that and uh what's her name um shit i'm drawing blanks on everything today but she was at what's it joan baez and all that it's could be i mean i pretty much gave my father's vinyl collection away when he passed sure but we were listening to like old country the we pretty much grew up on old country the blues like my dad loves the fucking blues like we grew up listening to like john lee hooker uh fucking elmore james what about like, uh blaze Bowley? hell yeah we listen to all that shit when we were kids that song sound the the cadillac song yeah play that at half speed fuck yeah that shit sounds great actually yeah, that's Weird cool to bring it back to that um austin right was it yeah yeah, yeah for, for sure i just i just got hip to him like maybe a year ago yeah like we all that shit when we were kids so when i got into rap music because i was riding skateboards like we're all in the same relative age and so like how old are you guys huh I just turned 38. I'm 38. 42. So we're on, like I said, same yeah. relative. We, we remember the same sh- cultural milestone. For sure. For sure. And I remember like being into punk and metal and grunge and everything around, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. And then when Dr. Dre hit and my parents were like, what the fuck are you listening to? Yeah. And I was like, because uh, to me, like to skate culture on the south side of Chicago was like to us, like rap was just black people's punk that's essentially how we viewed it because when you're watching skate videos and everything else it's like well, here's a black flag tune and then now here's diggable planets and we were like what the fuck is this this is so like cool black flag nwa they both hate cops yeah know? i was like yeah and you know? <laughs> i remember my parents that that was that thing that watershed moment of them being like this is this isn't even music and then i remember the progression of they didn't give a shit about like slayer my dad saw fucking gg allen <laughs> that's what my old man's that's the kind of guy he is yeah and so i remember when we were kids as so when i started getting in a slayer he goes what fucking rain and blood i fucking he's like whatever friend he's like fucking has that shit tattooed on his back and i'm like jesus because my dad's like a fucking tattooed biker guy wow yeah i told some wild shit when we were at the the bar last night that i probably shouldn't say on mic but off mic i'll tell you some family stories I'm interested. Sure, you don't want to drink and tell some family stories on air? <sighs> Last time, I honestly said them one time on a podcast I was doing, and that dude was like, "Look, we can't put this on." Like, <laughs> he's like, "You know? Do you realize? Let that, me just put, that is not going to happen here." Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> everything goes. Good. Worst comes to worst, you don't punch him on the head. In the head, dude, it's going to make. Yeah. It. Worst comes to worst, I'll have Brandon Brocato re-record your part. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like case in point, when my. Uh, my dad and my uncle Billy were kids. 
my they call my uncle Billy. Like we have this like thing in our family. We call they call Uncle Billy One Punch because mm-hmm. he punch you once and knock you the fuck out. So they called him One Punch. And this uh, ice cream guy was talking shit to my uncle, like <laughs> driving the ice cream truck. My uncle One Punched him. He was 15 years old. Fucking punched out the fucking ice cream man. And they stole the ice cream truck and they drove around Canaryville, the neighborhood I grew up in in Chicago, and gave ice cream to everybody. That's epic, dude. That's my That's fucking story. Yeah. I got a whole bunch of those. <laughs> like the dude at the bar last night, he's like, How come you're not a fucking criminal? I was like, Because I got a really good mom and my dad loves my mom. That's why. Oh, those were some good stories last night. I do remember those. Yeah. I got some good ones. I got some seriously like. I like the ice cream one. That's a solid one. That is pretty fucking solid. Yeah. My dad never did anything. Gotta work that into a book. Right? No, I, I, I've got a new book. After I finished this one that I've been working on for like five years, uh, I'm not going to write fiction for a couple of years. I'm just going to like really focus on essays and nonfiction and shit. But when I eventually come back to writing, when, when this, once this one's out in the world, I'm taking a long break. But How many you written now? I have two out. I'm in a bazillion anthologies and all that shit. And... um. This one is called A Hard Roll. Once A Hard Roll has found a publisher and all that, I have my next book. It's going to be called Shitbird, and it's going to be all about the neighbor. Because I grew up in like a south side Irish Catholic fucking criminal neighbor, working class criminal neighborhood. Like when you see that shit in those like Boston movies where like the new guy comes in and they're like, who's your fucking cousin? That's yeah. the shit I grew up in. Wow. And so like if you walked into the neighborhood, they'd be like, who's this fucking guy? And you'd be like, yo, man, I'm visiting from California. They'd be like, get the fuck out. Like, which, what, why California guy? Like, if you weren't fucking from the neighborhood, like, if you weren't there with a friend or if you were a different colored skin, you would get the fucking shit beat out of you if you walked into the fucking place. I mean, Canaryville's still like that to a degree. That's what I'm saying is, like, it's still like that. But, like, if we went, like, if I go to the bar and people don't know who I am, which is fine. Because I didn't grow up, I, I grew up there, but I left when I was really young. But my family still lives in the neighborhood, so I literally have to name check. And they're like, "Oh shit, you're fucking Billy's nephew," and they're like, "Oh fuck, I know your uncle." And next thing you know, you're getting drinks for free at the bar, but you still got to do the name check. Yeah. Because if I'm just sitting there drinking, within five minutes, somebody from the hood's gonna be like, "What are you doing in town?" And I'll be like, "Cause I'm just here. For, I'm going to catch a fucking Sox game." And they're like, "That's cool. Where, where do you work?" And they like, "We'll get it out of you eventually." And you're like. I'm from here. And then I'm, I was like, I grew up at 43rd and normal. They're like, oh, fuck, are you Gene's fucking grandson? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, shit. And then next, it's, it's fine. But it's mafia code still. Chicago, though, right? Yeah. You know, I got chased out of fucking Canaryville. <clears throat> A buddy of mine lived there. We were just hanging out. After we were hanging there, me and another friend were just bullshitting like, on the street. And car rolls by once. Don't think anything of it. Car rolls by again. <clears throat> like that's odd. Car rolls by a third time, and like both me and my buddy, are like, you know, that kind of smells like gunpowder. Like, like smells like discharged firearms. Like, we should leave. I believe that. And they fucking followed us all the way to ninety four. Yeah, I believe. I believe that they fucking checked you guys out a hundred percent. Like I said, everybody, no one moves out of the houses. Just new fucking grandkids yeah. or nephews buy them off. The right. old people are dying. Like if somebody just retires and leaves to go to fucking die in Florida. That's what's up. They like pass it on. the neighborhood that's up front of us where the Sox play is uh, called Bridgeport, and Bridgeport is gentrifying. And like the shit that I see when I go back, I'm like, holy fuck! There's like an art center here. I can't believe this. There's like restaurants, and then you roll back into my neighborhood, and everyone's like, 
we go to the same fucking grocery store. Don't <laughs> even think about fucking supporting some other shit. Like at the yeah. neighborhood grocery store. It's like, it's totally like that. Is back of the yard still like that too? Yeah, all that shit is, man. Like, yeah. It's just, it's, I'm trying to think of something I can say from growing up in that environment that it wouldn't implicate anybody. Like, it's just, it, you're working class as fuck. And then yeah. if you, you, everybody who might be like a postal worker, or a union bricklayer, or a carpenter, his fucking brothers probably got some fucking dirt. And that was just how it was. One time I sat in like Mayor Daly's White Sox seats because my uncle like did a job with one of his fucking guys and like, like yeah, you just fucking sit, take our tickets. And I'm like, we're sitting in the mayor's seats. Like, hey, you using them? Just fucking take them. I'm like, this is some inbred shit right here. Well, it's also where like, the head of the Chicago Democratic Party is, is down there too. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's mafia code and like the Chicago machine is right there. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody who lives in that neighborhood, like I'm 100% Irish. I am like, I know I'm 70% Irish, 30% English. And like we got our, you know, our DNA and shit and everybody there, the whole fucking neighborhood turns green for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And it's like, and if you ain't proud of your fucking Irish heritage, holy shit if you're like yeah like so much so that if you're like yeah i, I married a polish girl and they're like Ugh. why would you dilute our like bloodline it's a thing dude it's a total thing you don't see many people like they're all cut marion cousins and friends and if they got to bring somebody <laughs> in they got to like get them approved straight up like they'll bust balls and be like all right you're cool but yeah they might let an italian slide yeah, like you gotta like seriously impress. Chicago has two St. Patrick's Day parades. They have the Southside Irish Parade, and then the, like the one for the rest of the city. Yeah, and the Southside one is rowdy as fuck. Yeah, we used to call it Mardi Gras and Green, because like the parade in downtown brings three million people to it. The Southside Parade, where like all the Irish people in the town live, is like one point five million, and it, everybody's like. They had to stop hosting it because people were just either throwing massive parties along the route or like people were pissing and vomiting and all over the alleys and shit because the day after you would just see like liquor bottles everywhere. They had to shut it down. Sounds legit. It was fucking wild. You just roll in like you just would walk into people's parties and like there'd be like Irish bands playing. No wonder, no wonder you moved to New Orleans, you know, oh, you're grim for it. Oh, dude, like. My parents get down. They, we grew up in a house where it, they weren't bad parents by any stretch. Yeah. But they like, you know, they like to have a good time. They're cool as shit. My mom and dad are fucking awesome. Like, super great, 100% on, on your team for life kind of people. Like, if you met my mom, she would be like, just the sweetest, warmest person. And my dad is frightening, but he's a really cool guy. <laughs> and they would be so, like, enamored with, like, this and hanging out and all that shit and it's like if you need something you come to me and but when it comes time to get down then my dad's like yo who's got the joints and shit like <laughs> that's he, cool he fucking grows weed and uh him and his friend milan fucking uh sell moonshine <laughs> that's serious yeah they have a still in this dude's basement and everything oh it's gonna blow up like a meth lab one day hey can i take a break real quick go for it i just gotta hit the bathroom is that cool Go for it. Right, we, we can hold down the we fort. Can edit it or no? We'll just hold down the fort while you're gone. Right, fuck that shit. <laughs> like I don't need to fucking extra post production work. Yeah. 
There's fucking four cameras. I'll just use other angles. First one on the left. Yeah, we're learning a whole lot about uh, being Irish in the Chicago area. We are. It's pretty impressive. I'm just a north side piece of shit. You know, it's weird. Like, up until I lived in Wicker Park, the north side, I still don't, I've never been to like a lot of it. Like, there's when somebody will reference like Skokie or Winnetka, and I've been to those places once. And I'm like, yo, that was like a universe away. It was a fucking hour away north from where we grew up. So I mean, it was like that with me in the south side. Like I, when I started working for the armored car company, that, that was in Broadview, mm-hmm. and there was a bunch of south side guys that worked there. So I'd go out to drink with them, and end up on stuff in like South Halstead and shit yeah. like that. Like it's stomping grounds for me. Yeah, it's just like this is a whole other fucking world for me. It's working class as fuck. Well, where I grew up on the north side was pretty fucking working class too. It's yeah. not like I fucking grew up in Winneka. Yeah, I'm just saying, but like down there is a whole different thing. Like, oh, it was definitely a whole different thing, and we definitely got did some hood rat shit down there. I believe it. Sent a friend of mine home with a very unattractive girl because it was her birthday. Nice. She just rolled up to us drunk as shit. She's like, "It's my birthday. I want to get laid." And then me and another friend were like, "We got you," and we just liquored up our third friend until he was in. Nice. I believe that 100%. Oh, it was great. I mean, and we were trying to do him a solid and trying to get him to go bang her in the bathroom so he didn't have to take her home. But no, his stupid ass ended up closing that bar, going to a 4 a.m. bar with her, and then taking her home. Yeah, that's the thing about You ever been to Chicago? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did the Nine Inch Nails thing. Of course they went through there. I mean, I've been through there a bunch before that, yeah. Yeah, dude. Been to Chicago a bunch. Bars basically don't close. Yeah, I like Chicago. It's fun. I like it part of the year. Yeah, I was, yeah, unless it's like winter time, <laughs> you know. I was back, I'm a baby. I was back there. It's last month. I had to go. A friend died, and I went up there, and I was like, "Man, it's fucking beautiful here right now. This is nice. I could, I could yeah. do this again." And then I was like, "But wait, give it two months, and it sucks ass. It is the goddamn worst. <laughs> it's it's hard. Hard. F- fuck winter." And then what I tell people that still live there all the time is like, "Don't suffer because your ancestors made a fucking mistake." <laughs> You can come west, go south, go anywhere else. Yeah, it's, it's shit. I haven't lived there in 11 years, and I ain't about to come back now. Me neither. Oh, on the sending the girl home with our buddy, he tried to get out of it at one point because his roommate was with him. He's like, I had to drive my roommate home. I'm like, I will drive your roommate back to Bolingbrook. I drove his roommate back to fucking Bolingbrook from the goddamn south side. Yeah, it's like, what, 40 minutes? Yeah, it's 40 minutes after I've been drinking all night. Yeah. I was and I lived in I lived out by O'Hare at that point. Oh Jesus, yeah, that's far. Yeah, as far as shit, just to make this girl's birthday wish come true. Nice. That's like one time. It's not the same thing, but it's fun that when like people do. He basically said that for, you know, that they hooked his buddy up with a drunk chick that like they facilitated their their banging. She was not an attractive woman, but it was her birthday, so we felt like it was our duty to hook it up. That's sweet of you. I was drunk and mischievous. Like, it's just how I roll. It's really sweet of you. <laughs> Not the same thing, but kind of the same thing. When I was living in New Orleans, a friend, me and a, at the time, I was living, um, my girlfriend and her best friend had a house. And they knew that they were moving out and breaking up out of the thing. Like, they were, their lease was ending and they knew that they were moving out. So me and her boyfriend moved in too. So it was the four of us living in the house. And it was fine. It was this big ass house. 
uptown New Orleans. And Nick had some friends in town that were crashing at the house. And so we took them out drinking all night and they were having this like, they were all over each other all fucking night, just like, and we were like, but there's no way we're going to let this happen. We're just going to fuck with them all night. And so we got back and they're like clearly ready to fucking go at it. They're just waiting for us to go up in our bedrooms and just go to sleep. We sat, we cooked an entire pound of fucking bacon. We sat down on the couch and watched the entire movie of The Empire Strikes Back eating bacon sandwiches. And these two people want nothing more than to rip each other's clothes off. And we're just like, this is fucking awesome. You enjoying your sandwich? They're like, yeah, this is great. And we knew ex- they knew exactly what we were doing because they didn't have anywhere else to go. See, you can't pull that shit with my circle of friends. We would have just fucked in front of you. Yeah, well, I don't hang out with porn people, so it's a whole different thing. Hey, I'm just saying. I mean, for sure. future reference, if someone tries to cock block me like that, you're just going to see my dick. Welcome to Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for fuck's sake, I've told this story on air a bunch of times. Like the hookup in Japan where the person I was sharing the room with went for one cigarette while we were fucking and came back. And I'm like, well, enjoy the show then. <laughs> and just, they just sit there and watch. I wasn't paying attention to him. I mean, <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Which is great because it was great how he he retold it. He he retold that his side of the story at my father's wake. Nice. And he's like, no, no, I've smoked like a whole fucking pack and you guys have just kept going at it. I'm like, no, man, you were gone for like a cigarette. There's no way you were gone any longer than that. I mean, either way, it was just got to hear both sides. Got to hear both sides. Somewhere in the middle was the truth. I mean, I was also really (laughs) drunk, so it may have been longer than my perception of time, as we can tell. My perception of time when I'm drunk is a little off. Sure. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, last night is... I time-traveled last night. Yeah, last night was was a long one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I went from jumbos to a bathroom floor. And no in-between. So there was you texted me this morning, were you hoping that I would say like, I couldn't make it? No, not at all. <laughs> no, we were doing this for sure. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, no. Happy to have you on. All right. No, I wouldn't no. have texted you if I didn't want you to come on. Oh, I was... This is like, how bad were you hurting? Actually, not that bad. <laughs> I ended up having uh, Tommy's across the way because I was hungry. Me and Jack were talking about that. That is the time to have Tommy's. Yeah, know? it was. It was. It was interesting. I'm glad I did it, but I wasn't Soaked glad. It for, up. I wasn't glad for the heartburn that followed with it. And yeah. I don't know. Like, do, are you into food? Like, do you like? I mean, I like food. I'm not like a big Tommy's guy, though. Honestly, like I'm obsessed with food, so I'd like probably not like that. I like it though. It's good. And. I'm like on this search for if there's anything I think of Southern California, it's burgers. I just think that you guys in like really perfected how to do it. Like there's, I like the griddle burger of the Midwest and there's like juicy Lucy's and all that other shit. But like a classic American burger was pretty much perfected out here. I think I mean, in, I'm not like a big burger guy, but I mean, in and outs good enough for me. See, I fucking hate in and out. See, like I'm not well, that big of but, a foodie. <laughs> so you also understand why we like in and out now? Yeah, because it's cheap. Right. You understand after being here for a couple of days, like, oh shit, things are prohibitively expensive. Fuck yeah. Like, I mean, it's pretty solid. You know? No, no, in, it's in and out's dirt cheap. Dirt fucking cheap, especially for local prices. What's that? In and out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's cheaper I mean, than most things, I guess. Yeah, it's like, I mean, more, especially considering like the Monty Burger, which is like the new like vegan burger in Silver Lake, it's 14 bucks. Right. Jesus. You can get a double double for four bucks. Yeah. So that's like the same burger there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I really want to go to. I, I wanted to go to Apple Pan while I was here, but I just don't think it's going to happen because it's like across the. Is it like West Hollywood or something? No, it's on the West fucking side. It's in check out some Mexican food while you're here. Yeah, I haven't had tacos yet. I really want to get tacos. That's what we should have done last night. We should have walked from because we could have easily gone down Western to Sunset and hit the fucking taco truck. Yeah, I haven't had tacos since I've been here. Then again, I probably was in no shape to a communicate that. No, be in line in a taco truck in public. Yeah, no, you would. (laughs) There's no way you would have made it. Absolutely not. (laughs) Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight. Yeah, I'm not getting all screwed up again tonight. I got a meeting at like eight o'clock, and I guess I'm gonna eat there when I leave. When we're done with this, I'm definitely gonna eat something though because I'm starving. I haven't had anything to eat yet today other than some grano- handfuls of granola and some Metamucil. It's mm. a solid, uh, solid meal. I've been honestly just a lot trying of fiber. to. <laughs> yeah, that's story it is all my, fiber. Story of my life. Travis, did you have an old man meal today? Because that's what that sounds like. Uh, I haven't had shit yet today. I had some coffee. That's about it. Coffee and a couple beers? Nice. A couple bong loads. Was it? Fucking. I ate a pound and a half of pork chops. I mean, hey, why not? <laughs> One in Rome. How I roll, man. Took him to his first Korean barbecue the other night. Where'd you guys go? Uh, Road to Seoul. Nice. Place is good. Dude, that shit was awesome. Yeah. We, we have it in Austin, but it's just like a lot more expensive. <coughs> and... Like by where I live in Northwest Austin, we're starting. Everything is like Korean food, Japanese sushi, noodles, ramen. That's everything that's opening by me. So it's fucking fantastic. And you can get a lot of really affordable. But in terms of like actual Korean barbecue, yeah, Korean fried chicken's a big thing too now there. And but the actual like do it at the table, it's like almost thirty five bucks a person to do it. That's kind of like what it is here. Like you can get it for twenty one, but yeah. It's about you know yeah that's what we did Rose you could spend more than that though here too definitely you know, like way more yeah we without what where we went was great and that's probably the most vegetable. that place is legit though i got turned on to it by a korean girl so there you go yeah i liked that i'm trying to think of what else did i have i had i had tommy's which we've she hit sonora town downtown they got good tacos yeah yeah it's a good mexican place i mean i was just gonna take them to leo's one of the leo's trucks i don't know those oh with the Amazing Al Pastor spit. Huh? Sounds good. I mean, there's Sunset Western. There's one at uh, La Brea in Venice. There's a handful of them. Yeah, we're going to Italy later. Nice. Italy's fucking huge. Is it? It's in the fancy mall. Yeah, I don't know. I have a meeting there later. Doing Hollywood stuff. It's big. Oh, Century City Mall, like, when you go there during the day, because all the agencies are actually right there. Yeah. Like CAA and like William Morris, like their offices are all like a block off there. Uh-huh. So you just walk through like the food court or the eating terrace, as they call it. Oh boy. And you'll just see dudes in suits like taking meetings. Yeah. I don't know. All fucking day. I bet. So I'll be, I'm not wearing a suit. I'm wearing this. Well, it's probably like part of your thing though, right? Yeah. They don't expect I mean, you to show up in a suit. Yeah. No. Right. Unless they I, expect you to show up in a suit. Yeah, nah. no, but you should show some skin, you know, show them what's what's available. Yeah, show them. Show them a little leg. Are you not impressed? No, it's I have a, a TV show that I'm pitching. And so I talked to somebody earlier and I have to do it again. Nice. Tonight. So hopefully that happens because good luck. Thanks, dude. It's yeah. been it's like been my life for the like pretty much all through the spring up until now is like getting the show to this point. And we get the sizzle reel back Friday. 
Nice. And so that's exciting. Yeah. It's, I've been really, really lucky with it. It's like everybody that I've kind of met and it told the like what it's about. Everyone, <laughs> like I, it, I've been accruing people that want to get involved, I should say. And it's, it's a blessing that I'm in the position that I'm in in the sense that nothing has been like, we don't have any money or anything like that, but it's just people are interested and want to be involved, which is cool. Yeah. Versus everyone being like, fuck you. This is, this is just bullshit. Like I was on the phone with a dude from Bravo a couple of hours ago. And I was like, when it's done, I want to see this. And I was like, okay, that's cool. What are you working on right now, Travis? Uh, paying my rent, really. It's like the, <laughs> well, I mean, that's all of us. Yeah, it's like the main thing right now, the next week. Uh, I'm working on a new zine. Uh, we're we're pre- prepping for a short film that we're going to shoot as American Primitive, me, Joe, and Jacob. Uh, it's like our first thing with like real actors, I guess. The dude, Donnell Logue, that he was in the Mark Lanigan video. He used to be Jimmy the Cab Driver on MTV. Yeah, dude. He like wrote this uh, short script, and we're gonna shoot that. We were supposed to be this next week, but he got like a movie, so now it's like next month or something. But we've been just trying to like learn shit because it's our first thing with like real actors. So you know, usually we just like wing it. Yeah, and it's just us, so it works. But you know, we gotta like know what we're doing this time. So I really like that guy. He's great. Man. He he did a, like a sitcom on Fox for a while. Yeah, Grounded for Life. Yeah, that show was cool. I liked that show. I don't know if I've seen that. It was pretty funny. He played He's the dad. Blade. Yeah, yeah, he was in Blade. Blade. He was on Sons of Anarchy also. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And uh, Gotham. I've never seen Gotham. I'm okay with cops. I'm okay with not seeing Gotham. I like him, though. He's good. He's good. I think he's on Law and Order, too, maybe. Yeah, so he's like a working guy. Yeah, it's like our first thing with it. And then the other dude in it is this dude, Jill, and he gets naked in the Sex and the City movie. So, like, every mom and grandma, like, loves that dude. (laughs) (laughs) He's the other guy. Yeah, so that's what what we're we're working on. Uh, We're about to shoot a video with Joe, and uh, he did a song with Rafa from Prayers. So we're going to do, like, a little action movie music video kind of thing. That's cool. Guns and stuff, which should be fun. Um, That's about it, really. Prayers is like the Mexican cholo, like rapper, cholo goth, goth shit. Yeah, yeah. San Diego, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I yeah. saw a special on them on Vice. Yeah, they're cool. They're funny funny dudes. Isn't Kat Von D married to that guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he married her. That's, a, that's fucking... He got Marilyn Manson sloppy seconds? I mean... I mean, that's a W, dude. You know, like... like I vicariously <laughs> slept with Marilyn Manson, yes. I mean, she's had a lot of... Uh, boyfriends that are in the, the sphere she dated nikki six even uh wasn't she with steve-o for a while too i think so she had a couple of like really i'm not surprised by the move to marry that she's just like out of type and yeah no that's cool man yeah hey, whatever good for her i only know her from uh from what the television tells me so don't know her i never met her never met her isn't she vegan probably isn't everybody uh-huh. becoming a vegan besides you I was about to say, like, I'm definitely not becoming a vegan. Yeah, I've watched you fucking inhale meat this entire time I've been here. Like, all I want right now is a salad. And this dude, like, we went to the Korean barbecue, and I'm eating, like, rice and lettuce and salad and beans and shit. And, like, this dude is just meat. It was meat and kimchi. That was it. That's how I roll. Whatever works, you know? Yeah, and then kills a pound and a half of pork chops today. (laughs) I had to cook them or they were going to go bad. Or you could have just frozen. Who wants frozen meat? 
I'm just saying. Sometimes you just got to do it, man. Yeah, I just did it. Yeah. Sometimes you got to. Rolled in here, and I was like, what's that smell? And I look in, he's just sitting there fucking a big-ass thing, a sweet baby rage, just going to town, <laughs> watching some dudes beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> I was watching the most controversial moments in MMA history. Thank you. How was it? Eh, it passed the time. Yeah. Anyone die? No, sadly. Just a lot of John Jones poking people in the eyes. I don't know John Jones. Do you watch them? Do you see? I don't know shit about that. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, me neither. He was wincing when I was knocking people out in a video game. I was like, yo, because he was doing some moves <laughs> to these dudes, and I'm like, holy shit, if I saw something like that happen to me in real life, I'd just be dead. Yeah. Like, so he did some like back suplex thing to a guy, and his like, neck went all fucking crazy. I was like, yo. Like, if you did that shit out in the streets, man, somebody would be in a fucking wheelchair, dog. Yeah. I mean, people have definitely been knocked out from slams like that in real life. I bet. I'd also not want some fucking trained killer up there jumping off the wall of a cage, punching me in the fucking head, getting some gravity on you. And you're like... Have you ever seen the Showtime kick? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I got to show you this. This is like one of the craziest cage highlights I'm not a... I like boxing. Because we just stopped recording audio. Well, as what we were watching, as the, as the kids say, you got knocked the fuck out. The, right. point, the fucked up part is that didn't actually finish the fight. No? No. That would have finished my fucking life, let alone a fight. Yeah. So we had some brief technical difficulties, but what I just showed Robert and Travis was the Showtime kick, where Anthony Pettis comes off the fucking cage. Why is it Showtime? He's Anthony Showtime Pettis. Oh. I mean, I, I thought I was like, what's the Showtime thing? And it's like HBO Showtime. Showtime. <laughs> That's just his fucking, you know, his name. So. I'm sure, whatever. And he got his name for shit like that. I mean, yo, if somebody fucking broad kicks me like that, yeah. I, I, I doubt I'm ever recovering from that shit. Wall walks and kicks you in the head. <laughs> shit. I don't even. I mean, what's super impressive about it is he pushed off the cage with the foot he kicked him with. Mm-mm. Like, could you imagine, like, you get into a fight with a dude? Like, I try to not fight with anybody. But could you imagine you're just fucking scrapping in an alley and some motherfucker's, like, sees the, like, big metal dumpster and straight up just fucking Bruce Lee's off it right in the head? Holy shit. Like, I, what would, like, I mean, I, from a distance, I'd be like, yo. But if I, like, experiencing it, my fat ass would be, like, fucking down. Like, does that dude just, oh, yeah, you win, dude. I'm done. I'm done. Shit. <laughs> Could you just, like, the leverage alone, you just, like, the foot across your neck, or the, your face, your head, whatever, in your ear, that is a fucking game that I do not want to play. Get into a lot of fights over the years, Travis? Uh, not really, no. You don't seem like the fighting kind not of guy. Really, no. Well, sometimes the fight comes to you, I didn't really want to get punched in the head. I know, but. I, I mean, mean, I've been punched before, but, I, you know, I think it's been since, like, high school where I fought back, you know. He's a very docile kind of animal. Yeah. You don't got that vibe. You're more like, yo, let's get it over with. Yeah. Punch me. Yeah, you don't see you don't <laughs> you don't have the killer instinct of let's fucking scrap out here and now fucking choke hold McGillicuddy here. I can see somebody talking some shit and he'd be like, Well yeah. I try not to fight. I didn't say you would fight. I'm just saying or try to fight. I'm just saying I could see you scrapping after somebody talks some shit, because believe me, I was trying to choke me out walking down the fucking street. And he was putting all them fucking man titties up on me. That's right. <laughs> Let's try to put them on the glass. Just right That's on you. That's right. That's right. That's right. Put, put my tits on you. I know. Fucking death by man tit. 
Mm. Call me a man of size. Just pushing them together. I know. That's more for the camera than you. Oh. <laughs> I, for- I forgot that we were on a camera. I forgot about that, too. Yeah. No, there's like a whole bazillion of them, too. I love that. For the audience. Are we at a beer? Uh, I believe we are. There's a non-alcoholic beer in the fridge. You could have some whiskey. I'll have a little bit of whiskey. All right, let's grab your glass. Or you can put it right in your ball mug. Uh, yeah, let's do that. I have to stay somewhat sober because I got to do another one of these later. Yeah, and I got to do that meeting, so I'm trying not to. I'm trying to put my best foot forward and be on my best behavior. I got to take Jack, Jack on a mandate here pretty soon. So. Where are you guys going on your mandate? Where are we going, Jack? Jack's not on mic, so please don't ask Jack. I think we might go to Big Dean's on the beach. Nice. What's up? It's like a dive bar, beach bar. That's cool. What? Yeah. Which beach town? Oh, uh, like Santa Monica. It's just like right there, you know. It's yeah. Shot. It's up between that one and one in Venice, I guess. Where did we go uh, when we went to Bukowski's grave? Oh, we went through Manhattan, Redondo, and Hermosa. Is that where he's buried? Well, he's buried out in um, Palace Verdes. Hmm. Okay. So we just took PCH down from LAX all the way. That's cool. That's a good cool. drive. Yeah, it was cool. Like it was really nice. Like I was like, wow, this is like in in my head when I always think of like a California beach town. That's what that was. So it was cool to like see it. Yeah. So and they're a lot less touristy than fucking Santa Monica or Venice. So oh yeah, for sure, it's a whole different, whole different thing. I, I feel that's a much truer like California beach town than. Yeah, yeah. We only got a couple hours a day, so taking what we can get. Huh? For sure. I mean, it's a fucking. Just want to see the water. It's a goddamn mission to get down to the South Bay. Yeah. Every time I talk to somebody about anything around here, they're like, oof, that's like the other side of town. And like in Austin, I'm just like, well, as long as it's not between the hours of four and six, you can get anywhere. I mean, traffic sucks. I mean, you can get there. It's just getting, then you got to get back, you know? It's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a whole fucking thing. But now we got the subway that goes to the beach. Pretty tight. Yeah, and that's up and running again. That was closed down for most of the I think summer. It actually is closed down right now. No, it just reopened. Oh, really? Like end of August, it just reopened. Oh, nice. Good for them. I was like, why are you closing it during the summer, man? The worst idea ever. Yeah. Every time I think about like California traffic, I'm like, this place is just it's it's just wild because I remember when my friend was on tour and he would come to L.A. and it was years ago. He's like, yeah, we play like five shows when we come to L.A. I'm like, why? Like, when you just play one? And he goes, no, man. Nah. He's like, you play Orange County. When you're done with Orange County, you play like three shows in L.A. And then you play north of L.A. Because they're like, no one is traveling to each other's shows. Yeah. And then sometimes you play like Pomona, which is east of L.A. Yeah. In San Diego. Yep. He was like, you play a lot because you ain't fucking. He's like, you could live in the same town and people aren't going to drive across to see the show. So they would do that. And I was like, that's fucking wild, dude. Oh, I know. It's absolutely crazy. A lot crazy. of people here. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of traffic. Like, um, Spearman Rhino's booking me down in Torrance, which is down by For where what? We, another strip club appearance. What do you mean? What do you not, do at the strip clubs? You're looking at it. Wait, what do you mean? Like, we do live podcasts at the strip club. Oh, whoa. Oh, do you not know about that? I don't know about that. Oh, shit. Well, I'm not doing a great job promoting then. He does dames and games. I didn't know that. Yeah, I do live podcasts. Oh, dames and games. Yeah, you have invited me to that, but only once. Well, I, I didn't know you still did that. Actually, uh, they didn't book me from March until like two weeks ago. Oh well, you didn't invite me to the new one. I'm sorry. I'll get over it. Yeah, yeah. life will go on. <laughs> For now, he's just going to experiment. M- Rhino, do you hit? Well, we're going to be doing Torrance, September 18th. 
Oh, nice. But I told them, like, never been to that one. I haven't either. And I told the promoter, I'm like, you know, I don't know anyone in the South Bay. Do you think people are going to come from Hollywood down to Torrance? Yeah. It's like, oh, we'll just try. I'm like, okie dokie. What's the worst strip club you've ever been to? Cheaters in Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure I've told this. I told this story back in the Draven days. <laughs> um, but I was working in Boston on a business trip in 2011. And, you know, a bunch of blue-collar dudes. We asked one of the local dudes in our office, like, yo, what strip club should we use? Like, yo. Go to Cheetahs. Like, Cheetahs? All right, cool. It's Providence. It's only like 45 minutes away. We'll roll down. Roll down. The place is called Cheaters, not Cheetahs. <laughs> Fucking New England. We get in there. We're just going to see at the bar. This woman who had a oozing herpes sore on her lip mm. comes up to us. And just goes down like, hey, you want a private dance? Hey, you want a private dance? And when she gets to the fifth guy, she's like, hey, you want a private dance? And he's just like, no. She's like, you know I mean sex. Like, That's where the herpes story came from. Got it. Just, uh, have you ever been to the wet spot in the valley? I have not. Just check it out. It's pretty bad. Pretty bad? Like open herpes sores? I mean, I don't know. Blatant prostitution is, bad? I don't know about that. I spent a Christmas day there, though, once. It was pretty rough. So, <laughs> tell me about it. There's not much to tell. I don't know. We showed up, and there's, like, pool tables and shit. It was me and my Uncle Scott, and we were just being creeps, you know, playing <laughs> pool. And the the only story I have is the bartender at one point went, does anyone want a drink? Because I'm going to get a Snickers bar. And, like, she hung out for 30 seconds. No one came over. And she walked out of the bar and was gone for, like, 20 minutes. Like, she walked to 7-Eleven. And I was like... This place is jank. Dude, I have a really good strip club story. Would you like to hear it? No, not at all. <laughs> when I was living in New Orleans, like there's strip clubs everywhere in New Orleans. And uh, we were, I had my cousin was in town randomly. He was like, hey, I'm riding. He was riding motorcycles through. And he was with a buddy. Buddy pussed out. And he's like, I got to go. He's like, I got to go to strip clubs and all that. I just respect my wife and all that. My cousin's like, I don't give a fuck. Because in New Orleans, like, everybody, you know, we just drink everywhere. Because you'd be, like, friends with a bartender or, you know. So the bar I was working at, there was a place next door, and it was a really nice place. And my fr- I had my cousin was in, and then a gang of my friends from Chicago had come in. And they'd come in just to get fucked up all weekend. They brought $500, and they were going to blow all of it on alcohol. And they were in town for, like, 72 hours just to get fucked up. And so they're, like, take us to the strip club. And I was, like... All right, let's just go next door because I know everybody that works there and we'll get in for free and it's a whole thing. And so we go, and I was working on Bourbon Street at the time. And we go in there and the girls are tens. It's easy, you know. And I'm sitting there. I was like, this is so fucking boring. And uh, one of the guys looks at me. These are all tattooers. They're all like, you know, head to toe covered. And my friend's like falling in love with this like Latina chick. And he's like, oh, she's so hot. I want to get a lap dance from her. I was like, that's fine. Do that thing. And the other dude's like, come on, bro, take us to real New Orleans shit. And I was like, I'll take you to real New Orleans shit. You done with this? Because this fucking sucks. It's, it's just a strip club. It's whatever. It's every pretty girl wanting to sit in your lap that everybody else has done. And I was like, are you ready? Do you, are you fucking ready for some shit? And he's like, I want to do the grossest shit possible. I was like, 
Come, friends, let's go. I took them down uh, this, to this place called Dixie Divas. Dixie Divas was basically a fucking closet. A fucking closet of, of a strip club. It's with, the whole place is probably the size of Matt's apartment. Maybe, now I'd say like the whole apartment, including the bedrooms, is the size of the place. It's, it was in an alley off a side street, and it had a, like a shitty neon sign. The bartender, the, the girls danced on the bar. There was plexiglass on the ceiling, and the pipe is what they would dance on that went through the bar. So we roll in there, and it's like a pack of fucking jackals. It's my tattoo friends blowing money left and right. Me. And then my cousin, who's a total square, but he's cool. He was down for anything. And so the three, all of us roll into fucking Dixie Divas. The first chick that's sitting there, I would call her a woman of size. She was probably 5'3", pushing 250. And so she had her own client and wanted no part of us fucking roving band of psychos. Then I was like, I got to piss. So I ran to the bathroom. Who meets me in the line? Fucking... Someone who has just transitioned. And you know when you see ugly fucking boobs that are like really, sk- oh, you're like really skinny and it looks like they shove tennis balls up under the skin and it doesn't look natural whatsoever? Yeah, and then she was like, little boys first. And I was like, um, totally not figuring out what is going on. She's like, little boys first. And I was like, but you're a girl? And, dressed, and then ran in there, heard him doing fucking a whole bunch of blow, runs out, and then she goes to the other side of the... uh to the bar again no one will fucking dance for us no one is paying attention to us and we're like dudes are throwing around money like where's all the fucking strippers and so finally the fucking the chick i met in the bathroom that clearly still had a penis gets up does one pass through and then comes back so then the next woman that comes back we're gonna call her rihanna because she at the time when rihanna had the like reddish mohawk thing she was doing that but did she look like rihanna not really she was just a very large woman and had a large red mohawk that kind of resembled Rihanna. And so we fucking, she gets in there and she's like up for anything. And eventually one of my friends, Andrew, well, she was like getting herself prepared for us, was like, fuck it, I'm going to dance. Gets his completely down into his underwear and starts dancing on the pole. And the bartender's like, you got to get down for it. He's like, fuck you. And threw money at her. And the bartender was like, fuck that, I'm into it. So like... <laughs> She's like, whatever. And then we start going, like, play. Will you play these songs? She's like, no, you can't play these songs. And they're like, fuck you. And they th- start throwing money. And we are, like, the only big group in there. And there's, like, three other four, like, fucking crackhead scumbag dudes. Like, the dude you, like, oof. You know who I'm talking about. Missing teeth, smell like fucking menthol cigarettes, and have yellow fingers. Those guys were the ones that were, like, talking to the other strippers that were available. So, fucking, we're throwing the, uh, they're throwing the bartender money, buying all kinds of drinks fucking playing whatever we want to hear which they were like i want to see your fucking dance to pantera and all kinds of shit and she's like fuck it I mean, there's we this i've lost control of this ship and the only thing now is i'm gonna make all my money for the month tonight because it's like six dudes that came with five hundred dollars to blow so they're getting into it so rihanna comes through she is fucking into this she is fucking into it she's like the, the, the bartender comes by and like she's like one of them is sucking on a titty like right at the fucking bar like she they're dancing on the bar and we're all just like right here with money and throwing it she's like one's getting a titty sucked and the other one she fucking gets down and they start putting dollar bills inside of her while she's like got her legs up open and the bartender's like you can't do that she's like fuck you I got kids to feed <laughs> 
And she's like, I don't give a fuck what you're trying to do. And like, they're just throwing money. So then like the house mom, the head, she was a fucking looked like Herman Munster in a fucking black wig. She was like seven feet tall, wearing a huge black dress comes up to us and is like, Hey, if you guys want to go upstairs, we can party. We'll just close this thing down and we'll just get weird. And we were like, no, no, absolutely not. And my cousin's like, what the fuck did you just take me to? There's a fucking girl getting fucking dollars shoved in her. The one guy is dancing on the pole. It was like a fucking, not a pole. It was a pipe dancing around up there while they're throwing money. There's a fucking clearly trans, brand new transitioned woman at the end of the bar talking to a guy. Another chick has now come over and the two of them are like doing totally inappropriate things, trying to grab my friend's dicks. So my cousin goes outside and he's just like, I need a breather. This is fucking wild. And uh, he goes out there, and I'm standing there talking to him, and this guy comes up, hands my cousin, like, a little fucking folded dollar bill, and he's like, what is this? He goes, that's a dollar's worth of cocaine. Go do it, stupid. My cousin's like, I'm not doing fucking cocaine and a dollar bill from a stranger. He's a total square. I roll back in, and the fucking full thing is they're throwing money on these two women, and the women are rolling around, and they're both gigantic and fucking putting dollars all over themselves and getting it fucking put in their asses. And then the fucking woman comes back to me, and she's like, come on, let's go upstairs. She's like, let's have a fucking orgy. And my, my friend Brian comes. He's like, I'm not fucking going upstairs and having an orgy with you and all these strippers. And then he fucking comes outside. And we're all like, this is wild. He goes, you know that time when it's when you have to leave the party and you know it's over before it starts to turn? He goes, that just happened. That chick just asked me to fuck her in the ass in front of everybody. <laughs> Tactic, dude. That was, a, that was a New Orleans story. So you fuck her? No, no, absolutely not. At that time, I went home to my pregnant wife. I didn't even really drink that night. I was just there watching the madness unfold. Somebody should have fucked. Dude, it was not, it was, if there is an A team, a B team, we were down at team fucking K. It was rough. And they, they shut that place down for prostitution. It was. I wonder why. It was a sketchy fucking place. It was across the street from the uh, the Green Door, which is a gay bathhouse. And then there's a fucking rub and tug that's uh, r- two doors down from that. Oh, New Orleans. It was different times. All those places are shut down now. Aren't they trying to clean up bourbon? They're always trying to clean up Bourbon Street. They're always trying to do that shit. New Orleans will never be tamed, ever. You can try. You can sanitizes the the soul of that city is just fucked up there's nothing no band-aid no job everyone's like fucking disney's gonna do cruises right out in the river and they're gonna fucking disney fine look as long as people think making eight dollars an hour is a good job they ain't ever gonna fucking do it to uh do it to this city Stop. it's just it's too wild it's it wild is built into how the city works and how it will always work I did one of the walking tours last time I was down there, and the tour guide said something that really resonated why New Orleans is so fucked up. What? It's just, you know, the average life expectancy was 21 for a very long time there. Yeah. I mean, so was, if you have a city that's mostly populated with 21 year olds, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. It's a city founded in between a gigantic lake you can't swim in and a fucking river that'll kill you. And it's in a bowl that floods. There's fucking terrible, to bring it back to the malaria thing, there's terrible fucking mosquitoes. It's you know, you can't shit. just bring it back to the malaria thing. No one knows what you're talking about. Oh, in the in the podcast that we did it with the one that no one has heard, we ended up having a long conversation about how many people. That's how what where we're at is like 
how many people have died from malaria. We went on for like 20 minutes talking about like malaria death. And I really thought it killed more people than cancer a year. It doesn't. Not by much. But here's the thing. The, the amount of people who catch malaria a year is somewhere in the numbers of like two-thirds of the U.S. population in numbers. It's 217 million people catch it a year. Yeah, that's what we were on the last episode. Be happy you weren't a part of that one. It was a never, never knew that. See, full circle there. Yeah, I know. Malaria to malaria, shinfo. <laughs> it's not shinfo if you have malaria. I guess not. I mean, uh, I should go though. I should, I should peace out. All right, Travis. Before you run out of here, where can we find you on social media? Where can we find the new projects? Uh, you know, just uh, Google me, man. Google me. <laughs> Make it easy for people. Come on. Uh, on Twitter, I'm uh, at Buddyhead. And uh, Instagram, Travis Michael Keller. And uh, that's about all that matters, I guess. By the way, American Primo? AmericanPrimitive.org uh, as well. It has all our films and shit on it. I also wanted to tell you, by the way, that I love all the old at-the-drive-in photos and stuff you've been posting lately. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, there's all those cool photos of like from back in the day. I really, really like them. I'm a huge at-the-drive-in fan, so... Thanks, Seeing man. all that shit you've been digging up from the years past is super fucking cool. Yeah, the Trent Reznor stuff's really cool, too. Oh, I gave you one. Oh, I thought you said you didn't know it was in there. No, that, that one's the only one I know that's in there. You've got a dildo photo for your wall. Oh, nice. Yeah, he gave me a bunch of photos that he doesn't exactly know what's in there. It was just a tube I had. It's just like extra shit. Oh, that's some cool. cool shit, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff, and I, I always want to tell you that I really like the stuff that you post. Thanks, man. I've got a zine called Past Lives, which is like kind of like uh, it's all the old stuff. That's cool. Kinda like wraps it all up and stuff. It's like my first one. That's awesome. And hey, look, something else you can promote. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah. And buy a shirt from Travis, too. Yeah, buy a shit. I should buy a fucking homophobia gay shirt. Should. Definitely should. I definitely would wear that. Well, Travis, thank you for for having me, man. Thank you for doing the show again. We're going to keep going. What? We're going to keep going. Oh, you guys are? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know we were still keeping going. We're not at time yet. Oh. Well, all right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Travis. Now, the question is can we get. Jack out of here without disrupting a ton of cameras. So we're back from break. Look, man, sometimes there's peeing and sometimes there's peeing. And that was one of those ones that I had to do. I've been drinking a lot of water. I just wanted you to watch yourself on air. Yeah, I could have peed my pants, but unfortunately I just didn't. I don't need to be going into a meeting with piss pants. You do. It would make an impression. Do you smell me? That's my... That's my power move. I just come and sit there just stinking a piss. Being like, ah. Pheromones, baby. Pheromones. Yeah, just smell the just smell the, the fucking male strength coming off of me. Smell the Dean. Yeah. S- smell that. 60% of the time it works every time. Ah. Yeah, that was... I, I, Travis is a nice dude. That's the first time you two had actually met in person, right? Yeah. That was the first time we'd uh, met in person and... Yeah, he's a super nice dude. Definitely a California dude. Like, yeah, man, that's cool. My intense ass is like, so what's up? What's going on? Hey, let me talk a whole bunch. It's like, hey, what do you got going on, Travis? Oh, just these things. I'm just paying rent, man. Yeah. He's like, you know, do you know who Travis is like? He's like water, he's like a living Wooderson. Dazed and confused. Oh, yeah. He's like, all right, man, that's cool. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I can't see him saying the thing. The thing about that I like best about high school girls, though. Yeah, no, I mean maybe not that, but at least like just being super chill. 
despite, <laughs> you know. Being surrounded by our intense asses. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. We're like two shaking up cans of pop. That's just our personalities, though. What are you talking about? I'm super mellow. Yeah, I mean, I try to be, but once you get me going, then next thing you know, I just don't shut the fuck up. Then again, I don't think anyone's ever described me as mellow, so. Yeah, the only thing I am is fucking hungry. Me too, but we got a little more show we got to get in. Yeah. Killing air until it's time to wrap. <laughs> is that what we're doing? No, no. We're going to have real fucking conversation, goddammit. We're going to talk about shit, but then we're not going to talk about shit, and everyone's going to be like, good, that fucking thing should have stopped two hours ago. That would be, it stopped before it started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Way to convince the audience that <laughs> this is a worthwhile episode. This show was an abortion. No, that was the last one. Yo, Jude, I'm telling you, that one's going to be the deep cut episode. But you should totally do the redacted thing. That would be fucking, that's a good idea. Oh, with the, the one that should not be named? Yes. That would be a really good part two redacted. The only problem with that one is I think I don't, ha- I don't know if I have the separate audio files for it. Like, I think I just have a rendered audio file for it. Well, I mean, you just put a little, I guess, maybe put a little work in there because you have to cut it up, maybe. I don't know any of that works. It's all magic to me. I might be able to make it happen. I also can look and see if I actually have chopped up audio, like the actual separate tracks for it. I'm a complete fucking neophyte when it comes to these things. Like whenever I have to learn new technology, like I can eventually kind of figure it out. But in the long run, I'm like, eh, do I really need to know how to do this? Kind of happens with everything in my life when people have these like really fancy programs and they're like, yeah, I fucking catalog all my writing. I can move around note cards. I'm like, I just use Word. I use Word and I move it into Google Docs and that's it. Uh, I think I may be able to actually fucking chop it up. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, that'd be a good one. Get Brandon back in the fucking yeah, back would, in the saddle. I would really like to hear that. I would like to hear him tell wild stories, and then you know, if only he had the assault, that would be better. But I also gotta see if he you know talks about his dad by name in it. Well, no, you could just beep it out. That'd be even funnier. Yeah, just have to beep that out. Beep out the name of his movie because we definitely talked about that. Yeah, this is you probably just have to put a little work into it, but <sighs> just what I have time for more fucking production work. Sometimes it's like that. It's often like that. But I have, I have UFC to be playing. Yeah. I mean, you do have that, but who wants to fucking, who wants to sit there and beat up strangers on the internet? This fucking guy. Yeah. I watched him play it for a good couple of hours the other day. It wasn't a couple of hours. It was like two hours. Like an hour and a half. Yeah. I mean, he, you clearly super into it like. Like, he'd do something, he'd be like, look at this, check this out, I'm just beat the shit out of this guy. And then he'd, like, look at me like a proud child, like, look what I did. Hey, you were, you were impressed when the fat man flew off the cage. Yeah, his character's a big fat guy with green dreadlocks. I mean, it is impressive, but... It's just ridiculous. I made it a character that was supposed to be intentionally ridiculous looking just to piss people off. Throw him off the scent. Well, just to, like, I lost to that fucking thing. Lo and behold, you're a fucking nerd who plays the game every day and just demolishes them. I don't play every day. You don't play every day? Mm-mm. No. Like, up until yesterday, I hadn't played in a week. Oh. I don't think I, the only things I do every day are, like, jerk off, sleep, and read. Have you jerked off in my apartment? No. You no. can tell the audience if you had. No, I, I didn't. I don't. 
I'm kind of a creature of habit in that respect. I mean, open spaces. Like, I'm a real, again, like creature of habit. So you jerked off on the roof? Open spaces? No, I like closed spaces. And I like, I don't know, it's kind of like one of those anxiety things. And that's why I like my office so much. My office is like my favorite place in the world because it's small and it's mine. And it's like why they have weighted blankets and stuff for us. And it has to be in my own little space. And, you know, even if I had a whole house to myself, I'd still be the one that's like locks yourself in like a closet to be alone. So what are you jerking off to these days? Fucking pictures of you. Well, thank you. <laughs> At least somebody is. I mean, you know, pictures of you, pictures of long I don't know. I was going to just start saying a bunch of weird shit like fucking piles of bodies, but that's, you know, I was going to go that route, but I don't know. I got, we all got our, our ticks, I guess. Ever jerk off to the wife? I prefer not to answer. <laughs> I prefer not to answer about my jerk off habits. Aw. 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 Sorry. You know. We awkward. all know you do it. Oh, yeah, dude, I beat off, like, every day, but I just, I have to. Like, I'm, I'm like, what, what, I couldn't be one of those guys that, like, I can't, if I don't, if I, like, keep it in me, and then I fucking go into the ring, and I just murder everybody. I couldn't even imagine just, like, not rubbing one out to get my day going. Or not even get my day going, just to live my life. That's why you haven't liked LA all that much. You're all backed up. Maybe. Clean out the pipes. This is weird. <laughs> What's weird about it? I don't know. Just never thought I would talk about jerking off. Why? I don't know. Just something that just doesn't generally come up every day. Around here it does, I'm sure. I'm sure you've heard lots of stories about people inserting things in themselves or touching themselves in appropriate ways. Yeah. Seeing the butt plug last night was actually a pleasant surprise. Oh, yeah. We did see a butt plug last night. Yeah, we were out in a bar, and a bartender showed us a butt plug, and we were. I was like, well, okay. That she had just gotten back, I guess she had left at some dude's house. Yeah, I was like, fair enough, just pulling it right out there in the bar, letting everybody see it. She was like, he said he cleaned it. I'm like. Yeah, with his mouth. Yeah, I'm sure it sucked it clean. She said that he boiled it, and I was like. Sure he did. Yeah, of course, yeah, he made a rubbed little Lysol on there, but. Oh, I hope not. That would fucking burn on reinsertion. I don't know, man. It's that whole thing was, I was like, she's like, look, it's little and cute. I'm like, right on. Like, I don't know. Just one of those things of when you kind of like, I don't give a shit, but when you see it, you're just like, well, okay. You know, they make ones that have furry tails on them. Are you serious? Uh-huh. I mean, I'm not surprised. Like a raccoon tail hanging out of your ass. Rabbit fur. Dude, people are weird. What's so weird about that? I don't care. I'm just like, the things that people think of just never ceases to amaze me. If you think, oh, Jesus, there's cat ears. Holy shit, for the people listening, that if you're not a deviant, it is literally a fucking ass plug with a raccoon tail on it. And then there's or a foxtail or a foxtail. There's a rainbow tail and there's fucking ears to match. Holy shit. This is next level weirdness. Look how foofy that one is. I know. Where did you? What did like? What? This is on Etsy. Oh Jesus! It's on fucking Etsy. I didn't know that Etsy had its own butt plug shops. 
I mean, they do have everything on Etsy. There's like a whole man. That looks like a that's a piggy butt plug. That's a what? Pigtail butt plug. Oh, I thought that the other side goes in. You, I was like, whoa, how does that work? Nope. But that's still that is definitely a pigtail. It's a for the audio audience and possibly the video audience. I haven't decided if I'll edit this in into the video. It is a bright pink butt plug with a corkscrew like pig's tail coming out of the other end of it. I'm just like just staring at this, just wondering like what life must be like with pure wonderment. That's a really long tail. And it's posable. It's a posable cattail butt plug. Wow. That looks like a that's a large butt plug too. That's like not like what we saw last night was just a little guy. That's like a full blown like fucking colon smasher. Holy shit, that's a long fucking tail. Holy god. That's like three it's forty inches. It's over four feet long or three feet long. That's a three foot long tail on an ass plug. This is what the conversation has devolved into. Us looking at fucking furry butt plugs. Oh, we should definitely read the reviews. Okay. There's reviews. I'd like to hear one. This is a four-star review. Great item in good length. Very fluffy and long enough for those with a little more fluff themselves. The plug was so much smaller than I expected. I ordered the small silicone clip-on. For reference, about as wide as a quarter, and the insertable length is about as long as my thumb. The clip did pop off when I pulled, out, pulled it out of the bag, but nothing some super glue can't fix. Something to keep in mind if you're a little aggressive. Discreet packaging and UPS store pickup required? Definitely would recommend. I mean, butt plug connoisseurs bonding over their experiences. I'll buy that for a dollar. I love the color of this tail. and some stuffing inside which makes it pleasant and sturdy to hold and tug. Very durable and shipped quickly. I don't even know what life is anymore. We're down the rabbit hole of furry butt plug tails. I mean, if there was anything in today that I was not expecting to learn about or talk about, this would be at the top of my list. Here's a puppy dog one. Dude, that just looks like a fucking, man. Like, if you saw the bulbous fucking thing on that, that just looks like it would hurt. I mean, you got to be an experienced, like, you got to have some, what the fuck is that? Which one? I just saw like a really like a, a face of somebody that she just has like really pale and really yellow hair. Like she just doesn't look real. And she has a furry butt plug. And she l- looks pale with bright white hair and light makeup. And she looks like an anime character, essentially. I think that's what she's going for. And going for not looking like a human and succeeding. I just. Someone definitely wrote the wrong review. Someone put a review of a walking stick in here. Now I'm going to look on my phone, and I'm going to see if there's anything weird on Etsy that I can see immediately. What's this? Let's see here. Uh, now people are going to look at Etsy and be like, what are you looking up? Let's see my like past history. Okay, here we go. Slave Collar Leather Day. Let's see what the reviews on this are. I'm just curious now about, like, reviews on stuff so what kind of butt plug would you buy for your lover i don't even know man i guess at this point 
I would be really scared to fucking see the pig thing. Like, could you even imagine, like, I'm your little piggy, like, wearing a pig nose and some ears, just being like, what? Like, eat from a trough, you fucking sow. Like, what? how do you make that cute and sexy? It's just weird. Squeal like a pig for me, girl. Squeal like a pig. Yeah, I don't see any reviews on the app, but I'm sure they're there. I just don't know what I'm looking for. It's okay. Yeah, I don't it's care. okay. I don't care enough. Think of what kind of person reviews their butt plug. Yeah, that's a whole different level too. Like I'm a I'm a proud Yelper because I like good service. If you like, hey man, here's a fucking great taco. I'll make sure that the world knows about it. But if you're like reviewing the size of balls on a dildo, <laughs> yeah, the way that I fuck myself in the shower with it is a whole different game, I guess. But you got to be really proud of like what you just paid good money for to review your foxtail butt plug. Especially like it takes a good tug. Like oh good okay cool. Thank you for the stress test analysis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what like where are we at with this? Like I don't know. I just shit is weird. Everything is just weird now. I mean I'm not kink shaming people. I'm review shaming. I mean if you whatever you're into is you're into. But where, how the fact that there's like. You know, a whole review cycle on how things you shove up your ass. It's just 2019's weird, dude. It just well, I'm, I'm sure weird. there's a whole review cycle on things you stick your dick into too. Yeah, there's I actually mean. Fleshlight has a whole like forum for people wow. talking about. They refer to them as flights. Wow, that's like the loneliest <laughs> fucking group of guys that that's that's like incels. Like if you you know. If there's like a forum of passionate fleshlight users getting in there and talking about it, I mean, that's next level of, I wonder what that smells like. And now he's looking it up. I am. And you thought bronies was the worst thing that'd be to like out there. This is when I Googled fleshlight forum there. The second result was ever used a fleshlight, ever used a fleshlight before bodybuilding.com forums. What? So Jim Bros are talking about flashlights. Oh man! I just, oh, we're going down a weird rabbit hole now. It, this is getting super weird. Any of you bras ever used one before? My super head honcho came today, about to try it out. We'll post my experience. Someone responded with "Good luck." I just. Someone responded, "Bought mine at a thrift store for two dollars a few months ago. Best purchase of my life." Wait, hold on. Let's let's just pause here. Someone bought a used flashlight for two dollars. A the fact that it was sold and then like, or somebody just like, wait, wait. I swear, I'm sure that dude was probably fucking trolling. He has I, to be trolling. I'm just saying, what thrift store is just like, yo, fucking flashlight, two bucks, man. The idea of, of buying a used sex toy, just a little. Especially when that guy's fuck. Like, that's just weird. Yeah, I mean, I hope that dude's trolling. I hope. I just, he said, best purchase of his life. Doesn't beat real pussy. P-U-S-S-A-Y. Look, it is pretty damn close. Better than using my hand anyways. Somebody even took a picture of one. Oh, that's the alien one. What? Wait, what? Yes, there's a blue alien flashlight. I give up on people. I give up. Oh, I had one. It was My roommate gave it to me as a like, move-in gift. It was sealed. I never used it. I ended up giving it to a guest as a parting gift. Sure. I mean, I got to ask him how that worked out for him. 2019 is weird. Oh, my God. This is on bodybuilding.com. 
I mean, I, someone uh, wrote, "Imagine cleaning that thing after busting the warm water mixed with your cum leaking through your hands while you question the very meaning of life." This is the most depressing thing ever. Yeah, yeah, it is. This is was kind of where I'm at with this right now. How did like? We took a left turn at Albuquerque for sure here. <laughs> people are now mocking the guy who said that he bought it at a thrift store. Yeah, I'm sure people will be like, ugh. Like, you don't know where that's been. Like, how do you sanitize after that? Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that Yoda? Yeah, I'm a green flashlight. <laughs> Did I ever tell you a story about a couch sandwich? No. All right. You want to hear a good story? We can kind of in the vein of a flashlight. So this isn't my story. This is a story from a friend of mine. This isn't his story. It's not my story. I wish it was my story because it's fucking hilarious. It's not mine. But I I have told this story more than he's probably told the story because I love telling it so much. So a friend of mine back in Chicago played in like a touring hardcore band. And uh, they would play all over. They're fairly big. And so when they'd go to a town, like people would show up to see them. And had they not had regular jobs, they could have been, you know, a big band. They, They were a big band. It's just... They just never took it to the level that they wanted to. So when they would go out to shows, people would fucking go in any city in America. And so um, he was telling me they were played a show in Indianapolis. And he was like, we were fucking exhausted. This, the band that we played with said that we could crash at the house. And I was like, oh, that's cool. He's like, yeah, man, they had a whole fucking, they told us they had a whole house and they had like a hangout area and they had plenty of room for all of us. These guys just all had their own place. And he's like, fine we'll totally crash there because it's a four-hour drive back to chicago or six or something like that and he's like we're all wiped out and we're tired and we're sitting there and a couple of the guys are like playing video games on the couch he's like they what they had was a converted garage that was like really big and they turned it into like this hangout place where people could fucking crash when bands were on tour and he's like it, it was big there was couches and uh places to sleep there was a kitchen he's like it was a whole thing it was like an apartment in the garage that they converted and i was like that's cool he's like so we're sitting there and fucking dude like just as easy as you would go okay i'm gonna get a sandwich do you want a sandwich or something like that and uh they're all sitting there post show everybody's wiped out some people are smoking joints or having a couple of beers a couple of guys are playing video games and stuff one of the guys are crashed and looks at the other guy and goes, hey, man, I'm going to get a couch sandwich. Are you cool with that? And he goes, yeah, dude, fine. Get a couch sandwich. I'm into it. Let me get it after you. So my friend is, he's, he's like, I'm just sitting there, you know, minding my own business because I don't know what the fuck a couch sandwich is. He's like, I see this dude go over to the kitchen and just start going to work. He gets two Ziploc bags and starts filling them with water. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? So this dude gets two Ziploc bags duct tapes them together fucking comes back with two duct taped together plastic bags full of water and he like taped up the like the zip part of it he's like it was a really impressive way that he did it it was clearly had a system he fucking takes out some lube or some uh petroleum jelly and starts putting it all on the inside and just as calm as like you taking a drink of water he's like he just starts fucking taking it greasing up the inside he sticks it in between the two cushions of the couch and just starts fucking it in front of us. He's like, this wasn't a hot, sexy party. This is two tired fucking bands sitting there and he just fucks it. And the other guys playing video games, like nothing is happening. He's like me and the band were mortified because this guy is just sitting here banging his couch. And the other guy goes, let me get that next. 
without a th- without a doubt he's like the other guys in the band a couple of them stuck it out he's like i went and slept in the fucking in the van for the rest of the night holy shit yeah i mean that that's a level that i wouldn't even be comfortable with yeah couch sandwich like you can fuck people in front of me and i'm fine yeah he the whole thing, I, I probably have been telling that story for 20 years because it's still that fucking ridiculous. I think we were 19 when this happened. But on that note, we're actually going to call last call on this motherfucker. Yeah, I'm starving. So, Robert Dean, where can we find you on the socials and all that fun shit? Um, You can find me on Instagram. It's robertdean138. And then I am on just about everything else. Just Robert underscore Dean on Twitter. I might delete my Twitter. I haven't decided yet. I'm despite loving the relationships I have made from social media, I'm kind of at this really, I don't have it on my phone and I kind of at this really weird place with where the value it has on society. So if I, yeah, you can't find me, it's on purpose. And then you go to Facebook, you can find me. It's Robert Dean's world or some shit like that. But Facebook is my favorite platform only because I'll post a lot of articles and a lot of really good conversation happens within the comment sections of, politics and culture and food it's things like that and butt plugs yeah i've never talked about butt plugs this is definitely a lot of firsts today it's how we roll on this show yeah usually when people ask me to come on it's always here let's talk about food let's talk about writing let's talk about politics or let's talk about some kind of cultural issue so butt today, plugs are a cultural issue I, sir this i have this is easily the only time on any podcast i've ever talked about a lot of shit that i've talked about so Somebody's usually like, can we talk about this thing about traveling? Or what is this like? Here's a cultural touchstone. Would you please expound on that for a while? And now I could be like, I just talked about butt plugs tonight. Furry butt plugs. Furry butt plugs. And on that note, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter. Matt Slayer on Instagram. Matt F and Slayer on Facebook. You can find the podcast at and now we drink on Twitter and now we drink underscore on Instagram. I don't know why I'm talking this fucking fast. Now we- Goodbye! What the fuck was that? I don't know. Drink up, motherfuckers. (laughs) 